ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. About to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Vortex Optics. Proudly made in the USA, Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to SasquatchFuel.com. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So, sitting down in the sweat box, <laughs> I usually do this remote, but got my buddy, Cesar Moreno, Monero. Monero, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Over, just to drop a little, drop a little episode. So, um, have at it, man. Give, give everybody a little bit of background. Um, that'll kind of open us up, I think, to the, the most of our conversation. So, just like about myself? Yeah, about yourself, about, you know, the intro to the outdoors. Okay. Um, if any. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a little bit. So, um, yeah, like you said, my name's Caesar. I, uh, I'm a live audio engineer. That's what I do for a living. Um, and I've been doing that for about five years now. And um, 
in the time that I was doing that, you know, I met a bunch of people that kind of did outdoorsy stuff. And, you know, as I was growing up, um, as I was growing up, uh, I used to go to Mexico a lot with my family because my, both my parents are from Mexico, but we used to go there a ton. And my, my, uh, my dad's brothers, like we'd go up and, you know, that's kind of where I was exposed to like the idea of hunting and like the idea of, um, kind of just being outdoors mm-hmm. most of the time. Like my grandpa used to live in like what they called a huerta cause they used to, they used to, um, farm, um, what are they called? Uh, like um, pecan trees. Mm-hmm. So we used to go up there and then me and my cousins and stuff, we used to go into like the lakes and stuff. I remember one time vividly, we used to, we were, we'd go to the lake and we killed a ton of crawfish. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were crawfish then, but we had a whole bucket full of them. We did with, um, with like a, like a BB gun. Mm-hmm. And then like in the same trips, I remember seeing my uncles like, take out like rabbits and stuff like just from the bed of a truck and like that was my first introduction from it and then later it was very common that like my uncles would get together and then they'd get goats and then like they'd literally like slaughter them in the backyard and like they'd do the whole thing there and you know we eat them you know they would put them in the ground you know over some coals and then things like that but you know it was always something that i was exposed to so it wasn't new to me like in regards to like the idea of kind of like where your food comes from and so as i got older and as a matter of fact i don't know if i ever told you the story but um uh i in regards to archery right uh when i was a kid i must have been maybe i don't know like 10 or 11 um I made a bow out of my, so I would have an avocado tree at my mom's house. And I remember like a limb fell and I made like a makeshift bow. So like I got like, my dad had like this piece of twine or whatever, whatever it was. And then I kind of slid it in between the two, bent the, 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 the branch or whatever. And then I made, I made my dad take me to um, a Home Depot and I had him buy me like those little, like, like cylindrical kind of like, like little sticks. Long dowels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I put it, I wrapped a nail at the end of it. And for the veins, I split leaves, the avocado leaves in half. And then I put four on each side and then tied them up. And He's those a are fledged guy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm currently I'm not, but but at the time I did that. And you know, I, I didn't really like correlate the two together now that I think about it. But, you know, I, um, as I got older and then, you know, I started working. I uh, was listening to like a lot of podcasts and I hate to be that dude, but you know, listening like Joe Rogan and then it, it informed me a bunch of other, about a bunch of other outdoor people. And then I got interested in archery and my girlfriend took me to, to, to do my first archery lesson. I've told you that before. My first archery lesson was like a Groupon thing. And I have a photo of the day that I went and then I have a photo of the day that I bought my bow. That that day I was like in March and then literally two weeks later I bought a compound bow. <laughs> and then I haven't looked haven't looked back ever since. You know what's funny about about the early archery experience, right? And, and me thinking back, I had several, um, but it's, I don't, I don't think the exposure to hunting or anything archery is always something that's intriguing to people i i'm making a hell of an assumption there right um when you look at you know movies and things like that um you know kids being exposed to it in whatever level i remember going to summer camp one year i remember my uncle having a bow and we used to take so we (laughs) a friend of mine uh 
his his mom threw away two of his grandma's rocking chairs so we pulled the the rocking legs off and ours we took inner tubes and we took the inner tubes and we cut the inner tubes we put them over the ends of the uh, you know the rocking chair limb but we drilled holes in the middle instead of you know trying to you know you're resting on a riser we had no idea right this just made sense we drilled holes in the middle and same thing we use those dowels oh yeah and then we would take, uh, we took roofing nails and we tap the roofing nail in. We'd cut off the head of the roofing nail and then we would scrub the living piss out of the cut end right. on the curb. So it'd give it a little point. But And I remember running around and shooting those things. We thought they were the coolest inner tube freaking. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> thought I was ever. cool with that little bow, the yeah. bow that I had. You know what I mean? But you see it a lot. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen kids around here. You go, we go to the range where we go to our home range here at Eldo. And, uh, there, I think it's a big thing now, right? Where people are are doing these elaborate PVC bows, and I don't know if you've noticed them. I don't. I don't think I've seen that. Where they're taking PVC and they're putting these bends and heating PVC, clamping the ends, and I mean they're making you know I'll air quote legit recurves, re- legit long bows out of these things, and they're you know they're doing pretty good with them. Um, but I think it's just something about archery, and then it sticks with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I do remember when I was in high school, they, they, I don't know if we did it or I might be making that up, but I do remember them telling us that we were going to do like archery as like one of our PE things. And I was so excited for it, you know? So it was always something that I had been interested in, but I never had anyone kind of expose me to like true archery, like grab either a recurve or you know you know even a compound i mean even less a compound more so a recurve but yeah it was always something that i was interested in but again like i want to preface by saying that prior to 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 the last four years like none of my family were hunters other than like my family in mexico Mm -hmm. but like i wasn't exposed to them as often you know so like it was a it was a learning experience here on my own so so with that i mean you know when you when you say that that influenced it do you find that that influence caused the burn or that influence just ignited something that was already there or have you pondered it that far as in the influence from my of wanting to get out going i'm meant to do this you know i always yeah i haven't really thought about it like that but i always i every time i was out the few times i did it just felt right Mm -hmm. and um you know hiking is cool but i felt i'm not i'm not by any means you know talking smack on hiking because i think it's great but i do think that like for me it's like hiking over walking and hiking up to a mountain and there's an accomplishment to that for sure but like there's a different there's a different mindset when you're in the woods with the mentality of like um taking a life right you're becoming part of that ecosystem right when you're hiking you're an observer and you're you're there to see and you know feel good about that when you put yourself and this is my opinion of it when you put yourself as a part of that ecosystem going in with the ultimate goal of taking a life right right i i it opens your eyes to the power of that ecosystem it in my head it becomes more beautiful to make that hike even without a tag in your pocket or a weapon when you make that hike now you automatically 
ease into this is my element. I'm in my element in this ecosystem. And I don't care how many times you go up, like we went up and shot. And, and I think you made the statement to me, right? We're, we're walking through kind of looking and, and man, my head is down. I'm looking for tracks. I mean, we're two months out of season um, yeah. and you just constantly, you're just constantly in that ecosystem. And man, what a, what a feeling. And you're no, by no means are we, you know, the, the ultimate predator out there. We are, we are the least capable in the scheme of things <laughs> right, right, when right. we're out there. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, I've, I've done a bunch of hiking. I mean, not not like extensive hiking, just, you know, uh, go up here to Mount Wilson and things like that. And it always just felt right, you know, to be out there. But I knew that I was missing that, like the like what you said like be a part of the ecosystem and in, in like where i'm putting myself in the food chain. i mean we're always a part of the food chain there but what i mean is like we're like we are now a predator mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but yeah i mean that's just kind of the the the, the thing about that um so so with that and this this is gonna parlay right mm-hmm well, okay, let's let's do this. Let me let me slow down. Let me slow down. So explain where you're at in your in your mm. hunting career. Okay. Um yeah. we'll, we'll step it back a little bit. Explain a little bit of that because that'll open up the door to more conversation that we'll get back to that sure. predator. Yeah, yeah. So um I'm an absolutely new hunter, right? I've been doing archery for about four years now and I've worked my way up to this season, which I have finally started hunting. And I, I mean, it just took that long, but um, you know, I went up to uh, like Central California in March for my first uh, pig hunt. And I was, thank you know, thankfully and very luckily successful there. So that was my first big game. Actually, really my first, I mean, other than like those crawfish I was telling you about. <laughs> but um, that was like my first big game kill with the bow. And then, I mean, we, I just went up with one of our friends this weekend well, for a zone opener and we were very close, mm -hmm. very, very close. That was, that's another topic, right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about that because you went from stone cold killer to. Well, okay. <laughs> no, no qualifying yet. We're not going to open the door. Yet. You don't know the story. <laughs> we'll talk about that for a sec. Okay. So we're at the range. We're at the range the week before opener. It's probably Tuesday. I did say that, didn't I? And we're about 50 yard mark, 55 yards, mm -hmm. somewhere up in there. And still did something. This is our buddy. And uh, I told Caesar, you know, hey, just remember when that, when the bone's in front of you, man, it's a different deal. And he was like, no man i drew down on that pig locked in i was a stone cold killer and he's at full draw saying this and i just started laughing and he i did. said yeah buddy wait until those wait until those horns are in front of you when that buck fever hits you and, and it's funny because that takes shape in so many different forms right it's not it's not just elevated respirations or elevated heart rate it is not running through your checklist that's a yes right that is, that is ex i would say if you would consider that buck fever then that's what happened to me right because and that's exactly what i told sill when he when he was messaging me when we were back on the road um that you can shoot right there's not many dudes that i'm going to compliment on shooting um you can shoot right like i would i would walk a course with you on a team thing any day and shoot oh, and thanks, know man. confidently that we are going to wreak havoc on folks 
I don't say that about many people. When I said that last week, I knew, I knew that that horn was going to F you up, man. <laughs> you know, I, I know the story. Well, I know what well, Syl told me. Go ahead. Okay. Go for it. All right. So, if you, so and I, by, I am by no way making an excuse. However, <laughs> there's the however. I will say that it was moving. And you're right. I didn't go through my checklist because it, and I'm, I mean, listen. I'll tell you this, and I'm confident in saying this, that if I was the shooter, like the actual shooter, mm-hmm. so just to give a little backstory, and I'll make this quick, right? Still, our friend, he was making a stock on the deer, and I had my binals on the deer. He got up to, well, the deer came up closer to him. He ended up making a shot at 42 yards. It ran towards me, ended up bedding behind me, I don't know, maybe 15 yards from me. Then he tells me to put another shot in him. I wasn't expecting that. So I grabbed my bow and I methodically grabbed my release the way that I, you see me do yeah. the, that kind of that practice. And then it ended up spooking coming up in front of me 12 yards, but it was still moving, right? And I was trying to like, make a noise with my mouth like I've seen in plenty of, you know, you know, videos on YouTube to do, but the noise I came out of my mouth wasn't exactly what I wanted. So it didn't quite stop. And I literally was just like, I just, I didn't even look through my, I don't at least I don't remember looking through my peep and I just like let it go thinking like it's close enough that I'm going to hit him. I mean, I don't know. In some ways I feel bad about that, but in some ways I was like, when it came up, running to me like towards me it looked like it was gonna die but i didn't have a best vantage point uh to like the shot so i was just like i need to get another one in them and it was still moving like it was still kind of like it wasn't stopped but it wasn't galloping it was like in between kind of thing so i just threw another one and i totally missed it was went over its back but and it i listen (laughs) yes you're right i didn't make my checks but it was, and I'm not qualifying it, but it was one of those things where I was like, I just need to get another one in him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, that's what I told Sil, and I think I told Drew the same thing, right? And it, it sounds, I don't know how it sounds. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the scenario, I, okay, for one, I'm glad you guys saw animals, right? That yeah. means you did something right. You played your win right. You you were able to, you know, still was able to put a stock on. That animal came around you, you know, basically circled you. Didn't know you were there. No, it didn't. To a point, right? So, you know, big ups on that. But I'm kind of glad it went down that way because I almost feel like there would have been some level of tainting if... You guys would have walked in, yeah. saw that deer, and it went down super easy. I, I agree with you. You know, and yes. And you, and you know me, like I'm, I'm all for the work part of it. But I think to get those experiences out early, and just to have that experience, what better way to open up your your deer hunting career? Yeah, right. On your first, first day, freaking day. Yeah, right. And and going. And you guys both text me like, man, we didn't expect this. Well, you know, I'll give you a story. I told my buddy the next day I hung out with a friend of mine and he legitimately thought that I wasn't going to have an encounter at all. They they had a like a little get together with a few friends and they he was telling me that he was telling everyone else that he didn't think I was going to even get close to an animal. (laughs) And I mean, I mean, the reality was I was going with that expectation, too. You know what I mean? So you think I give you guys a bum ass spot or what? I mean, you should be hunting where we're going. I, You know what? That's 
you know, as I was looking at it, because when I got home, I uh, I kept looking, I kept, uh, I went on to Google Earth to look at it. And I think that area is pretty prime. I think if oh, we yeah. end up at that same, you know, that little like hilltop there and we glass on the other side, I think, because there's like another kind of there's like, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it was, it was, yeah, but it was, it was, I agree with you. I do agree with you that if we would have, it, it, it would have been. I mean, I don't. Uh, I hate to bring it up, but it was. It's kind of like your first Wyoming trip, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, for elk. Oh yeah. And I, 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 after I was like, you know, thinking about it on the drive back, and I was thinking that, like, had it would have gone down that way, I think, it, yeah, it would have. T- it really would have tainted my my perception yeah. of like you know what it. And I didn't want that, like you know, like there was a lot of even though I wasn't the one that made the shot, you know. For those people that, uh, I mean, to just to kind of finish off the story there, uh, our buddy still ended up shooting it in the shoulder and then we tracked it, but there was literally no blood. And we, you know, we looked for literally hours, hours, pretty much the whole day. And then up until like, I don't know, we ended up calling it off because it got to a point where we were just like, I, we don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, and that area, I mean, considering that grass, how dry it is, right? Blood's going to stand out. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, and I'm going to have him when I see him. I'm going to have him. I, I would love to see how quarter two the animal was. I, so I, I, so I saw it. I, li- like, I was, it's funny because um, I had my binos on him. And when we first, when he, well, he really, he first spotted it. Um, I ranged it and it was about 220 yards from us. Uh, so are you sitting on that ridge where yeah, you guys? No, no, no. So we ended up going up further, further up the road. Okay. So we, we, on that ridge that you originally took. So where you, the, 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 uh, the waypoint you were, the, the, the drop, de- right. that exact one, not the car one, the deer one. Mm-hmm. That's literally where we saw him. Maybe further up, like so. There's a like two two kind. Of, it looks like two hills that comes right. into a draw that goes into like this creek or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you guys were all the way up there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not before you get to that large right mountain no, I know area. What you're talking about, but yeah. you're still in that in that draw area. Yeah, and so um, a- anyway, it was coming down, and when I ranged them, it was about 220 yards. And then that's when Sil was going down to this pine tree for some cover. And actually, the wind was good all the way up. Like I know exactly what pines you're talking about, too, because that hill doesn't have many on it. Yeah, it was one like one large pine tree and then a small one right mm-hmm. in front of him. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And anyway, it, he made the stock to, to that point. And the buck was um, it was a forky came up. And then it kind of just kind of was grazing or whatever. And then a doe came up to it and he didn't see the doe and I saw the doe. But I, I so this is my newbiness, right? I wasn't sure to tell him and I, I wasn't sure how. I didn't want to like, hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like wave my hands at him. So I was kind of like, all right, you know what? Like he, I'm sure he sees it. It's like clear as day here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can see it from his vantage point. But he ended up seeing it till he actually ran into it. And um in any case, uh, it, it ended up getting closer and closer. And then that's when I noticed it because I was watching it the entire time. And that's why I noticed it, noticed him. And then it, I thought Sil was making a, a call, but it, I guess it whistled. It, it was is, blowing at him. Yeah, it was blowing at him. And I thought it was a call from Sil, mm-hmm. but it was blowing at him. It jumped up and then it's, and I now I, I get it, right? Like a mature buck, I don't think as soon as it would have 
it would have just it would have went yeah. it would have left the first time but because it was still like a young buck um it was curious so it jumped away stopped came kind of back barked again or whatever howled again and then came back and then that's when i in my binos i was like you know he's feeling my binos pretty good like i wonder how far he is from me <laughs> so then i range him again and he was about 120 yards from me and then i thought in my head like oh shit it might get closer it might get close enough to me that i can make a shot right and in it, literally, as I'm thinking this, right, I'm looking at it like I range this ocean 120 and I'm looking through the binos. I see the arrow smack. Him, whack, and that's I mean, he so I literally saw the arrow hit him. But from my vantage point, it it looked I mean, he obviously know where he shot him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He saw the arrow hit him or whatever. You know, as he said, he hit the shoulder and it came up. Um, but from my vantage point, it looked like it hit him uh, back, a little back. A little back. But that couldn't have been the case because, you know, with those broadheads, if you shot him in the back, we would have saw blood, mm -hmm. something, something. You know? never even found the arrow, huh? No, we didn't even find the yeah. arrow. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, because he was saying that he was, that he was quartering too. And I, I'm thinking that it was a steeper quartering too than he thought. And if he hit him in the shoulder, that it kind of skin between skin and shoulder blade, depending on that angle. It um, could have been. And it was definitely stuck in him. Right. Because I, I saw the arrow as he was running to me. I saw it in hanging. Him. Oh, yeah. No blood. I bet you that's what it did. Dude, literally. I mean, I'm telling you, guy, when we were there, we searched. I mean, we were, I mean, we didn't, we weren't really on our hands and knees, but damn, we were damn close. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where I, I mean, you know, so this like, you know, again, I'm a new hunter and I've hear these things. I hear that like, you know, oh yeah, these stories of people like no blood. And you know, you kind of think of it like, oh, no blood, like really? But I mean, this is like my first experience and sure enough, there was, I was so surprised. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, those broadheads, it was like almost surprising that it wouldn't blow through the shoulder, you know? I think that's why I think that it was a steep, steep it's angle. Steep, yeah. yeah. I mean, from where he was, cause we kind of played it out, right? Like he went to where he was, it was, I mean, where he shot, it was definitely inclined, mm -hmm. like an incline, right? And like, I couldn't really tell how much of a quarter it was, but like he told you, he was considering shooting it at frontal. You know what I mean? So I imagine it was, it was, pretty uh, it was steep. a pretty steep, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then we were talking about, you know, kind of looking at where that arrow was gonna go, right? Aiming to that offside. And we talked about that and, and Sill's been hunting a long time. I mean, he's been hunting since he was 12 yeah, years old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been on rifle. So when you look at the scenario he's in, and I kind of was kicking myself for not talking about aiming that offside prior to you guys going, cause I'm going, damn, that's like basic 101 stuff that I should have been talking about with archery. And, and I never really considered it, right? I kind of took it for granted. Um, but hindsight, I felt bad because I did it. Really? Well, because it's archery 101. It's archery hunting 101, yeah. right? Like, you know, I want to enter there, but if I enter there and that's the wrong angle, what is it passing through? Am I going to hit long? Am I going to hit hard? Or is it going to pass through real deep? And am I going to gut shot this thing, you know, and come out, you know, a, right in front of the rear quarter or something? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the things, and I, I guess I didn't process it for whatever, for whatever reason, right? I kind of took his experience for granted, but I didn't put myself in that, 
frame of mind to think, okay, rifle hunter, you know, is not going to really matter. And he can shoot a freaking rifle. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's less a concern, but it's kind of, you know, I don't know, mixed emotions, man, to, to say, you know, here you go guys, you know, go get after it. Um, and then to get the text, like we're on them. Holy shit, but it's not looking good. I was like, oh. <laughs> what, what did you think? Cause he told me that he messaged you that uh, he messaged you saying possible muley down. Mm -hmm. What did, what was going on through your mind? Fuck yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was so I stoked. I, I couldn't, I really, and in some ways I wish you would got him. Cause like that would have been, I mean, I, 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 I hope that we would have made you proud, you know, but that it, you know, like uh, our first time going there, you know, I mean, it w worked out the way that it did and I'm glad it did ultimately, but, you know, all at the same time, it's funny, he made the shot, but I feel really good too about it too. It, it's, it's a big pill to swallow, right? When you watch, when you watch it go down like that and it's like, you got it. I, it's just heartbreaking all the way around. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, cause, I mean, like, you know, it's like we talked about earlier, I had a, I mean, it must have been 12 yards, no more than 15, like legit, it was close. I mean, I could shoot that all day. And the fact that I missed, you know, and just like, we we could have, I could have, I could have saved our hardships that day. And I, and I, and I couldn't, and I didn't. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't have got the same lessons. Fair. Right. That, Fair. and that's where, that's where, and, and I don't want an animal injured and I don't want a bad shot on an animal. Right. No, neither do I. But my buddies that are new hunters that are new archery hunters i would rather those lessons all day long um you know hopefully we you know go back up and that deer's not laying there dead and rotten um i feel really bad about that yeah that I, would, I don't think so because when it ran away it was still it wasn't really limping like you know the fact that he said that he saw two-thirds of the arrow fly up I think bad angle, it pocketed between skin and bone, flopped up, and homeboy bugged out. Yeah, um, right. Unfortunate, right? And and that's one of the one of the downsides of what we do. Um, yeah, for but sure. I don't know. I don't know that either one of you will ever forget the lessons, especially if you talked about it on the drive back, oh, right? Yeah, like, I man, think. you know. So there's all these there's all these points that you're picking out of that. Uh, and then it taught me something, right? Man, I didn't talk about, you know, looking at that offside, where's my arrow going once it hits this animal? And I'm like, man, I keyed in on that out myself so freaking hard. Hmm. Um, what a big deal that is. But you know, when super I, cool. Speaking of that, when I shot the when I shot my pig, it was a quartering shot. And I never even well it wasn't quartering to me too bad, but it was a quartering shot. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I shot it in the, and I got one lung and it came out of its, like, just, I probably get the stomach, I imagine. Yeah, and it got this, yeah, I did get the stomach because when we found the arrow, it was like brownish blood. Mm -hmm. um, but I never took into consideration, like, the exit. Right. I was only looking at the entrance, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, that's a good point. You know, when you think about that quartering two shot, it's it's critical to think about where is it coming out of, right? Like, and also like if you, because I mean, you, you think of also too, like the quartering two is like, you got a shoulder right there. And if you don't just nick it to the, like right behind the shoulder. And see, and the difference, the difference for me is I would have never, I would have never aimed at that shoulder. I would have 
probably opted to go frontal with the angle. So he, so that's, so we discussed it and he was telling me the same. It's like, he was like, man, I, I probably should have took the frontal shot. Mm -hmm. Cause he said he had a, he said, I mean, you know, when you, hindsight's 2020, right? Course. But like, uh, when you're looking at it, um, he said he was closer at the frontal shot. Like he was within, within the 30 yard, 30 yards. He said, I think, I don't know, I remember, but you know, like he said he was closer. And the point, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that like, he had the opportunity for a frontal shot, um, but he decided not to take it because right. he wasn't confident in it. Well, and you know, and that's what I was going to say is you got to respect his decision in that, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, know that I would have, you know, like I don't even. He may kick himself in the butt for it and, and second guess that call. But I mean, the best thing to do is if you're not, if you're not confident, like beyond confident that that's going to happen with that shot, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be taking it. Right. You but know? then he, we, like we were discussing though, he's like, maybe I should have. Well, yeah, because you're always going to second guess right. the decision you didn't make when something goes, you know, south on you. Right. Like <laughs> had, had we, had we found the deer, had we found the deer, he's calling me now had he found the deer or had we found the deer we wouldn't we wouldn't even been discussing right that. right you know what i mean yeah like, i mean it's it's that what's that saying if if was a ship we'd be sailing right right so yes. of course you're gonna hindsight it you know 50 ways till sunday but the fact that he said hey i'm not confident in taking this shot and he didn't take the shot you gotta respect oh for sure that decision right yeah yeah that's it, that is the best decision if you question it you shouldn't be doing it Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it was, you know, it was a, it was a learning experience. Just, you know, we were out there for the day, um, and uh, for the whole day. I, that's one of the things you that, should have been out there for two days. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Yeah, I know. You know, I, you know. Yes, you're right, but I, I just need to work my way up. To, yeah. I will. I will. I that's will. funny because Syl was hitting me up about that. So that that brings. I mean, there's all kind of things I wanted to talk about, right? And and it's an interesting thing. We've had. We've had several conversations about being a new hunter sure. and the struggles with that. And right. I mean, even the adversarial things that you've dealt with, with family and friends being, mm -hmm. you know, living where we live. Sure. I find all that very interesting. And and I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I think it, I don't know that it's something that gets talked about often. And maybe I might be the first one on your podcast to do so. And just briefly though, but I, from both sides, Right. Like uh, I've gotten a lot of not a lot, but definitely some like eyebrow raises mm -hmm. when I say that I'm interested in hunting to some of my friends. And then those that I'm in the hunting community is very opposite of like my general personality. You know what I mean? So it's almost like I don't fit in in both areas, sort of speak. Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm fucking with you. Um, <laughs> do you it's it's kind of hard. It, it's a weird, it, it definitely is a weird dynamic when you don't, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? Part of it is not owning it, right? Part of sure. it is a being sure. a little bit timid, and, and excuse my choice of words, but being a little bit timid to own it, not understanding how that's going to reflect on the 98% of the people around you that don't get it, right? I understand that. Um, and I think, uh, especially here, I mean, most people, you don't know that they hunt. Something you, you have to have, you know, 
a Matthews hat on or, right, or some right. key that, hey, that's a hunter. Right. Right. Because everybody's kind of stealthy about it. Um, well, I'm, I'm an example of that, right? Right. It, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you've tagged me on a bunch, a bunch of your stuff. And I'm pretty sure some of you listeners have seen my Instagram and probably be like, he's a hunter. Because I don't, I don't post anything of it. But yes, I am. You know, and right. and I'm still, I don't know, maybe maybe this is, I, I'm still working my way to that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and should I be proud? Yes, I am. Should I care? No, but, but see, there's a flip side to this, right? Should I care that I'm a hunter? No, but should I care that I have... I don't want to get political, but no, do I ahead. have a, a, opposing views to a lot of my hunter friends? Sure. Mm-hmm. So like there's a, and by the way, it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I really don't care, but you know, it's, it's, I feel like I'm in the middle here. Right. You know what I mean? Like I do want to be a part of this demographic and, but I also, I'm a, but I'm a part of this demographic, but Hey, but I'm up, I, but I'm also a hunter, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I don't, t- I don't take it. I don't take it. I'm not really like, I don't really think about it too personally. Like, I really don't care, to be honest. Right. Like, you know, you do what you do and I do what I do. And I don't really care ultimately because we're hunters and that's what it matters. And the same thing goes for the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a very non-confrontational dude. But I think it's I think it's worth mentioning that there are some of us like me who kind of just sit in the middle. Like, you know what I mean? And and it's hard to navigate, you know, but um because it's it's very much like i don't know where i stand you know what i mean like i'm still dealing with that i'm still trying to figure out how to whether it's you know telling everyone that i'm a hunter as well as being like yeah i drive a prius (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) which he catches a little bit of flack and this prius has got initial ascent stickers yeah it does (laughs) when you look at my it's so it's like a it's like a jumbo shrimp right you know it's so uh, oxymoron yeah it's uh so it it really is a weird place to be and i think that there's a lot of people that kind of struggle with that but the coolest part of it is is that you get to explain the benefits oh yeah and the pluses um and i'm not gonna even go into them right I, uh, you know whether it's conservation sure. or you know i hate saying meat in the freezer um but you get to explain that in open eyes and, and i have right and i have because there's a lot of people that it's just not something that they think of when they think of well you live in the big city why do you do most people don't even know that they could walk here you know drive 25 minutes north of downtown la and be in deer oh and yeah be in bears and be in lion you know they they have no clue and the fact that you're out there hunting them it just perplexes them like what do you mean you're not going to go down to you know i don't know freaking tony romas or outback steakhouse to go get dinner you're going to throw it on the you know on the pellet grill so so that, that you bring up something that i think is worth mentioning right um when i started out my kind of endeavor of hunting right i started out as an archer i shot my bow for for pretty much four years before I shot anything, right? But the whole time, even like up until I met you, I mean, I had a like you know, you know, our the the our buddy that uh, <laughs> goes to our range that was kind of like you know, you know, to taking me under his wing, sort of speak, and but but really, I learned a lot of the stuff 
in regards to because think about it right i didn't i don't have i mean now i do but i didn't have resources that i can be like hey how do i even apply for a tag like something simple something so simple like there's a big game digest or how do i even get my license where do i go to get my hunter's ed like these are questions that i had no clue and it's not like readily information readily available information in regards to how to do this especially here in california so it was it was like it was kind of hard to navigate at first you know where it was like okay i know i want to do my hunter's ed so i just like googled it and like i, I it was it was kind of hard initially because it was like what where do i go what do i do you know fortunately i was i went up to i think it's in la mirada the hunt the hunt fish um fishing game no no los alamitos yeah los Al. and you know i went there and then you know did my whole i mean i studied for the test the whole deal and by the way this was two years before i even shot anything <laughs> so it was like i had my license the whole deal and then it's like to your to what you said i can you know so I remember calling Fishing Game and I called the uh, National Forest Services because I was like, I wanted to know. I had a list of questions. Where can I hunt? Where can I camp? What like what do I leave behind? How how you know like what's legal to to, to you know to leave behind? What it just wanted it's just because I wanted to make sure that I was being uh, not only ethical but I was following the laws, the regulations, and things like that. You know, so I was concerned about that. So. I called Fishing Game and I was like, okay, where can I go hunt? Okay, any public land. And I was like, that, I mean. What does that mean? <laughs> well, yeah, well, what does that mean, right? But also I was just surprised to, to hear like, okay, so where can I park my car? And oh, we're just, you know, off the road. And where can I camp? Well, just 150 feet up from the road, like. Uh, and, and and it was, it, it just, it's one of those things where it was like, it's that, it's that. I mean, I don't want to say easy cause it's not, but it's that easy right. to, access and be able to to do it right like and it was so surprising and i'm telling you like you said people don't know that they don't they don't know that (laughs) one of those one of the areas and we'll probably make it there you know uh this year uh maybe this year on that on that tag that's here Mm -hmm. depending on what we see in the other area but um the easy way in is a five mile hike up basically from through a neighborhood. So you come through the neighborhood. Oh, I think you've told me a story about this place, no? Yeah. And you, you know, you make your way up through the neighborhood, then you got the hiking trails and then you got to, you know, you bust your way over this dam, blah, 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 blah. And holy hell, the looks, Oh yeah. the comments, the you bastard, I can't believe it. I'm calling the police and you, you just like, please step out dear right now while she's yelling so I can lay you down That's right story. in front of her. That's the story, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when you see that and people are, and I've had people say there's deer in here. And I'm like, dude, you're standing in a pile of deer scat. You know, like really? You know, there's bears in here. And matter of fact, you said you went up to the Whittier area for you oh know, yeah to uh-huh. go hiking. To go and hike. they're in there. Oh and yeah, I've, I've and, seen I've seen them there. Yeah. I've seen them there. I mean, if you look at the cemetery, you look at Rose Hills there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose Hills is full. I, dude, they have some amazing bucks. Really? Am- at the cemetery. Amazing. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. So well, okay, so, so you, you you talk about Whittier Trail, which is basically south side of Rose Hill. Yes. And then if you go up the next, you know, that freeway running east to west is a sixty. Mm-hmm. So you got the dump on. Here and you got the Rose Hills here, mm-hmm. all the way around that hill. When you get on the sixty, and there's like uh, there's like a drainage yeah, that comes down. Yeah, there's like yeah. orange and lemon trees. Yeah, amazing deer in there. Is that public land? No, I wish. <laughs> 
I don't know if I would hunt a cemetery deer. Uh, that seems a little, little eerie, weird. right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's some amazing deer in there, but I've been in there um, to get back to it, you know, just on a quick hike or something. Um, and I'm looking at deer and they're like, you know, people are like, what is he looking at? And it's like, there's three deer right there. Those aren't deer. You know, that's a, that's another thing. It's, it's interesting when you, when you just go on a trail to hike, and I don't mean you, I mean like when someone mm-hmm. goes on a trail to hike, they're super, um, kind of not tuned into their surroundings. And that's one of those things that I'm slowly accumulating, you know, and I noticed this pretty, pretty obviously when I went on my uh, pig hunt, but even more so on this deer hunt with Sill is that, you know, I think a common thing to be doing is kind of looking like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not really looking, sorry, excuse me. You're not really looking at the ground. I mean, in some ways you are, cause you got to hike up or whatever, make sure you're not stepping on, you know, right. overturned rock or something. But like there's a difference in in like when a hunter is in the woods mm-hmm. versus or even on a hike versus just a general person it's like they're always looking you know like and i'm still working my way up to that for sure i'm not going to say that like I, i've magically kind of like that's a hungry mountain lion staring up into the trees smiling goofing and wagging his tail right right right, right so it's right. kind of the you you get into the, and i don't want to sound all you know alpha or anything like that i'm not trying to when that when the predator turns on like yeah there's some pretty stuff going on here and this is pretty cool but i'm focused like i'm i'm tunnel visioned and i'm here to do something yeah 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 i think you know the next time we go up there it's gonna be kind of more geared in that kind of like that goes with that goes with uh with the making sure i'm checking my Mm -hmm. you know because uh just a little quick story here. When I did the pig hunt, um, the morning that I shot the pig, I had an opportunity on another pig. And I remember it was bedded and came up, did a stock up to it. Then when I got up to it, I drew my bow back. Well, before I drew my bow back, I kind of, uh, you know, I went up and so I did a guided hunt for my first pig, mm-hmm. right? And I and I think that you that was- qualified that again, which you don't need to do. Okay, well, I know. I just it's one of those things where like I I look I, at it look at Instagram right now, right? Look at Instagram right now and look at California pig hunts. And 98.9% of those postings are guided pig right, hunts. Right, right, right. Period. Well, it's just one of those things where I just wanted to do it and I knew that that was the only way that I was going to do it, mm-hmm. you know. So, well, not the only way, but it was it forced me to, right? So, in any case, I I kind of ch- childishly not childishly but you know newbish new new what's the word just say newbishly we're, yeah we're that's, okay what, with that's what i'm saying like right that. yeah newbishly <laughs> newbishly um pointed at it and was like oh my god it's right there like i looked at the and then the guy got pissed at me yeah and he's, Shoot it, yeah he's like drop back drop back <laughs> and um and after that point when it because it, it it uh it kind of uh it uh it spooked it spooked out you know i think it's it might, i think it's it might hurt us in any way of course you're pointing at the guy like hey bro there's a pig i mean here. i wasn't yelling you know what i mean but it, 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 what, what i got the mental picture of it now uh, can you imagine uh so anyway after that he told me you need to get your killer instincts on like you you can't be messing around right now and i was like he's right shit like i didn't even look through my peep you know and that's the same thing that happened to me and after that moment that happened to me up there i couldn't stop thinking about that and and i didn't 
I guess, I mean, because it was my first time, granted, like, I should have went in with, with the killer instinct, but, like, I guess it just needed to be reminded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and as I think I work my way with over time, it'll just be automatic as soon as I step in the woods. You know what I mean? But, like, it was... Uh, Anyway, I just was thinking of that, you know, the, the, this this killer instinct, the the kind of looking around, always being aware, always searching, you know, right. searching tree lines and things like that. So well, it's, it's becoming, that's what we said. I mean, that was the opener, right? Becoming part of that ecosystem. Right. Right. And, right. and as the predator, right, that, that switch has to flip. Sure. Uh, and I'm horrible. I, I'm not going to bullshit, right? I'm horrible with that because... I mean, if it's in front of me, it's dead, right? And there ain't no bullshit about that. And I'll start going crazy. You've seen me. We're, yeah, we're just yeah, shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I get off on how tall is that and how fast can I make it up it, right? Or how long can I go before I just want to pass out? So I kind of, I have this this weird thing going on with me. I'm going to say for the last three years, the last four years where I just want to beat myself. And then when the animal is laying there and I'm notching a tag, man, it's even that much, you know, that much more rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. But I find myself in a, in a very odd place. I mean, think about it, right? I could have went with you guys Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that that deer would have died any faster. or It would have been any easier. I could have went with you guys to that spot, arrowed that deer, walked away. I'm going, it's 110, and I'm not hyping my thing up. 110 degrees after one animal, we're seeing animals. I'm like, I'm not going to kill a pig. I'm not going to kill that little buck. I don't even want to go after him. I don't even want to pursue him. I want to beat myself more than I want to beat that deer. When I get that deer, dude, I've, I have whooped my own ass in my eyes, right? And I was thinking about that sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, that's ultimately that's what this is about like that deer i might get on draw dude and i might not even shoot the deer who knows like okay i got you oh i see what you're you know saying. what i mean yeah. like i'm to the point where it's just like if i could get on draw on that thing i'm stoked but that that's why i think your new chase is elk right because i i guarantee you you're not drawing back and not shooting that damn, damn elk. straight you know <laughs> that you know but i think it's a different it, it's an entirely different pursuit um when you start looking at elk and deer oh yeah you're right I, yeah. and, and I, I think part of it is right is because here elk is a once in a lifetime it's you know that's that you know week out of the year you get to go chase them um type deal so i think that that has some difference um but man just uh yeah that animal will f you you'll see that animal's gonna f you up dude let let me ask you a question i know i know i'm i'm a little nervous i'm I'm actually i'm very nervous but you know we'll 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 figure it out the i want to ask you so you've been in that area where we were Mm -hmm. i'm curious to know what you think of that area in regards to like the difficulty in getting up to where we were is it like was it diff- what did you do you consider it hard i did it i'll sh- I keep meaning to send you that video i did it half half of it for where you climb up the hill uh-huh. and then make your way up to where you saw the deer i've done it in socks um i don't if you're asking like gradient and i mean is it diff- it's not difficult country right like no, not at all right no not okay. at all that i didn't think so no that's uh that would be what I consider rolling hills. 
Oh yeah, right. For I mean, it's sure. Very. That is a very light area. Now, when you look to the south, like where you guys came up the road, and you start looking down Yo, in there, yeah, it steepens up. But yes. even that is minimal. So, so that was a that was a really big reality check for me. Um, which is fair. I think I'm going to be getting a lot of those this year because, uh, you know, I I was I'm very much a planner. So before we went up there, I was on like on X and I mean, I'll name all of your, you know, scouting apps. I have them all and I was on all of them. <laughs> Legit, I was on all of them. But in any case, I was making contingency plans like, okay, you know, guy said to park here. If we don't park there, we park over here. This is the spot he said to glass, but this looks like another area in case people are up there. And I had made points, you know, mm -hmm. all around that area for different glassing spots. How it was humbling and I felt, uh, what's the word? I felt, oh God, what's the word? Um, I guess just ignorance, not the word, but it's in that kind of vein. Mm -hmm. Right. But in any case, I felt, I felt dumb thinking that some of these points were areas that we could get to. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you see it on the map and th this is, you know, you live and you learn, right? Cause you see the top of graph, you know, you see the top of math, the maps, and then you look at like the gradients on the, you know, you see the lines. But you don't know what that means unless you're there, unless yeah. you have experience and then you understand what those lines mm -hmm. mean. So like, you know, I had made some points and I was just like, I can't even believe <laughs> that I, that it's just, you know, there was a lot of learning here. You know, there was a lot of learning and I, and you know, now I have a better understanding. So like now when I see the lines, I can get, okay, yeah, like that's probably not, I mean, at least not for this trip, you know what right. I mean? And things like that. So. But it was uh, even what I thought, even what looks simple on the map, even is, you know, because when you first hike up that like that where we mm -hmm. parked, when you first hike up that that little like those those hills and then you get up and you realize there's another one and then you get up and then there's another one and then you kind of like flans out a little bit. But, you know, when you when you first look up it, it's kind of like. Man, this this on the map doesn't look this this like right. this, you know. And it was uh, it was an eye opener for sure. And uh, I need to work out more. I need to hike more. And I do a lot more. Yeah, it you know. And then it's it's how you tackle that terrain that's in front of you too, right? You're you're looking at that terrain. And you're going okay. I got to get from here to here. And I do it. Right. And you just, I'm going straight up. Right. It's, it's point A to B is always the shortest path. I mean, that's essentially what we did, you right. know, but it was one of those, when I was looking at it, I was just like, okay, this is steeper than it looked that I thought, you know, and, and I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not going to say it was, it was like, okay, if I'm honest, it was, it wasn't super hard, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to mm -hmm. be based off of what I saw on the map. Right. And that's why I asked you, would you consider it kind of like difficult or not? You know, and, yeah, and I, I figured you were going to say it was. That's a pretty, that's a pretty cake area. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that to be, you know, to sound cocky or, or, you know, shit on you. <laughs> no, well, but listen, I can understand why you say that. Right. Because like we were looking up to the, like the north side of us. Right. And that stuff looked gnar, like yeah, where the camp little, is, it like gets where a the bit campground steeper is. In there. Yeah, that's where I was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, like that's pretty. Yeah, the, 
and you know, like you said, you'll get it right as you as you go through those topos and you get to those areas. You'll get to a point where you've gone through, you know, like you said, the ten apps and Google Earth, and you can say the area, dude. You can walk in, close your eyes, and know exactly when you should be turning right and walking up the hill. I mean, it'll get to that point. And and for me, because I'm I'm on plans and stuff all day it's what i do every day at work oh so when i look at them i'm like oh right i mean it's it's telling me the story but it's an everyday thing for me sure um it makes it a bit easier now there should be some maps next to you right there and those are shaded relief maps i don't know if they're still out they may not be no oh there they are look at see under that box that's on the top that's our sasquatch fuel Oh, yeah. In that one box. So those are shaded relief maps. You think the contours when you're learning are uh, difficult. This is, this is, I could tell you right now, this is not like, I don't even know how you <laughs> So when you, you know, when you look at something like that, but I can show you the benefit in, in the two, right? Because I'll run both. So I have the Carta, which I have the contours on, uh -huh. um, you know, the USGS, just standard topos. And then I like those, those shaded relief maps as Why well. Why you like this versus the others? Because I can see the actual terrain. I'm looking at actual terrain. So oh, now I see what you're saying. Now yeah. I can't, you know, there's contour lines on there here and there. And I, but I cannot tell what type of gradient um, or what elevations are there. So hence, you know, using the USGS or the Carter maps, but this shows me what that terrain is doing and what it looks like. But again, it's, you know, getting there and understanding what you're seeing and what you're looking at. Do you navigate with these? Yeah. I would rather, I rather, I, I prefer paper and my maps. So when, and when I say navigate, you like use a compass in the whole deal or no? Like, you know, like triangulate I, yourself? I can, I can, but, and, and this, it, it sounds arrogant and I'm not trying to be arrogant. I get, I can read that, study that, look at Google earth, study my topos, you know, my standard topos. Um, and I know the area. Okay. Like it's just, and I don't know if that's, you know, I, I've, I've always been pretty good with land now. Um, and I don't, I couldn't, I can't even say land. Well, I guess that is what it is, but I can get from point A to D and then walk directly back to point A without, you know what I mean? And it can do all this. So it's never really been an issue for me. And I think some people struggle. And I think a lot of that is paying attention to where you're at. Yeah. Right. Becoming, it sounds cliche, becoming part of that ecosystem is part of, you know, it's part of that. It's like, you know, the, the coyote pissing on the trail, right? And he comes back, you know, oh, there's my piss spot. Mm. Uh, it, it it becomes to be the same type of deal. Right. Um, right. So I don't really struggle with it. Like when we went to Colorado last year, I knew exactly. It was like, okay, we're going to drop in here because this is this. We're going to go here, 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 here. And it was like, okay, we, we know where we're going. And this is the first time we're setting eyes on it. I was just, I've just recently started thinking like, maybe I should carry a compass or something, you know? Like I, I actually find it very interesting, the like navigating from a comp from mm -hmm. a map. And uh, I don't know, I I mean, this can go into another topic, right? Like gear and stuff like that. But like, I was, uh, I was thinking like, uh, that's, it feels like something that you should know how to do dude i you know with right. all the technology that we have um i feel like there's certain things that i'm not willing to be that reliant on right um, and navigation and navigation is one, is one of them because my arrogance what happens when i get buck fever or i'm chasing that 
that elk and I'm not fucking paying attention to anything. Right. That arrogance in me saying I can go from A to D and zigzag and come back to my piss spot um, will leave me stranded and dead somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I've been I've been like really researching how to do, I'm going to get a company. I really want to learn how to do that because I just feel like I'm kind of a paranoid person just in mm-hmm. general, you know? So like, yeah, I got the, you know, the map stuff and I got an in reach and all that. But like, I don't know. I just, I, if I, you know, I think it's an absolute necessity if you're spending any amount of time going in the woods to any depth, right? A mile away from a road. Yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a big thing, right? If I am, if I'm hunting an area that's, you know, a bowl, right? And I know that that road is coming in a crescent shape you know from this point of the bowl to that point of the bowl um even if it's five miles if i hit that mountain all i gotta do is start walking back this way you know what i mean it's opposing crescents yeah i'm gonna hit the road right i'm not gonna worry about it so much now if i crest and i go over the backside and then i'm all over the place chasing something maybe you know maybe i better think about it but i think it's an absolutely necessary skill if you're going to put yourself in places where roads don't exist right yeah okay yeah yeah i mean i'm not sure you're gonna find too much of that here i mean you can but you know you can get into it a little bit you'd be surprised i mean yeah you could walk far enough and you'll hit something right at some point right but i mean we've been up and you know you go up and in like the in the sierras and you get on those dirt roads and they got you know roads crossing this roads and shit we went in there one time we followed guys in so i didn't pay attention well, they booked it. They dusted us as we were coming out. Shit, I drove in a circle for 45 minutes. Like, I don't even remember this because we came in at night. I followed them. I didn't pay attention at all. Right. But I didn't think that they were going to haul ass. We couldn't see. Right. We couldn't see on this, you know, one, this single track dirt road. So we we did a loop and I'm like, shit, we're back at the same spot. We just followed a loop around, <laughs> you know? So I, you get in those situations and I think, you know, you, you can have an issue. I think there's no amount of, I'm gonna qualify this a little bit. There's no amount of preparedness um, that you shouldn't take. Now don't carry it all in your pack right <laughs> right but you know having it having it here mm-hmm. is not a bad deal not a bad deal at all it's funny i mean you said that because i had asked you earlier about how heavy your pack should be mm-hmm. for a day hunt and i felt like it's funny i still was like what are you bringing everything we're taking to colorado and i was like shit i guess i am <laughs> i i don't know it's funny i've been looking at my stuff so it, it's an interesting thing for me, right? Like I started this journey and I've told you this before, right? I've started this journey and we're calling it a journey because it's taken me three years to get here, right? <laughs> Four years really. But um, I've been buying gear to hunt. Legi- we're friends. <laughs> legit for the last three years. Right. I can't, like when you think about that, I just can't believe that I've had some of the stuff that I've had and hadn't used it in three years. Like like in gear junkies, you know what's even crazier? Oh, I just hit this. What's even crazier is that I've had multiples of the same thing. (laughs) And never used the first one. And never even used the first one. Right. Well, but that goes to, uh, what is that saying? Buy once, cry once. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a level of that, right? And that early exposure, you might be looking at Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop, right? The the 
the big box places are easy to access, right? And here you can go to Bass Pro is what, an hour away from us? Sure. Yeah. Right. So you, you kind of get stuck in that and not understanding what the pursuit is. Uh, and, and really not even understanding that there is this you know we'll call it ultra high quality gear yeah right that is going to take me through these scenarios you know to to you know from now until you know 10 years from now right um and i think that's part of it but but there is a level of marketing that oh, yeah. gets us and then no, it the, definitely got me there's a gear junkie part of it which i have Dude, I've been great this year, by the way. I've heard. I have been absolutely superb this year. I've heard year. in your previous podcast. Yeah, buddy. Um, Good for you. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's been hard, dude. I, I love gear. Like, I see something. I'm like, man, I wonder how that's going to work. And sometimes I'll get something and I'll full on regret it. And sometimes I'll get something and just like this was this was the best decision that I've made all fucking year. You know, it's funny is I thought about that when, uh, with the pack. Oh yeah. Like I legit, so I went, so I, I had, well, my first pack was this Cabela's pack, like you said, mm -hmm. right? And it's funny when you buy gear, at least for me, right? When I started buying gear, when I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna start taking steps to like acquire gear. Cause I know I wanna do this. I don't know how, but I know I am. I know I want to. And, you know, my girlfriend's cousin lives in Arizona and there's a Cabela's there, right? Not too far. It's closer closer to their house. Cabela's is from Bass Pro to us. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, it's like 15 what minutes. Is that Goodyear, Arizona, somewhere right there? Isn't it's in it? Glendale. Glendale, that's what it is, yeah. And so, so uh, you know, I'd go there and then I'd pick some stuff up. And I remember buying a pack from Cabela's and it was an aluminum frame. But I wanted the frame with the you know that you can put you know you could detach the the, the bag and then you know with the meat shelf on it and then i saw a video of just a you know what your po popular online uh you know hunting uh youtube uh channel do a test on them and they completely tore it up and it <sighs> See, that's the thing with buying gear when you don't know is that you just you want to get something and you figure, well, it's Cabela's, it's good enough, right? And then you, but you don't have someone telling you like, do you, you don't get that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you just think like, well, I want to get something, so you get that because you can afford it or whatever. And then I realized that in that video they completely tore that thing apart, and then I ended up getting another pack, and I had that pack for like a year, and then just recently I threw on one of those initial ascent packs. So I did a hike with it. I think it was like a six or seven mile hike with this, that pack I told you about. And uh, man, my shoulders, it was just, it just wasn't really working out for me, you right. know? And well, it was legit just one time. And, and we've had this conversation multiple times, right? Cause you were like, well, why'd you switch? Cause you had this one. And that was the thing, that was one of the things I said, like, dude, my shoulders under load would kill me would i mean they it hurts it literally yeah. hurts and oh, it's yeah. not like it's a delayed response like legitimately hurt under load um and <laughs> i can still remember your face so 
Keep going. Keep so, going. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> get comfortable here. So then, so then, you know, I our friend has the pack that you have, right? The initial scent. I think he has. At the, he had. I think he has the two and the four K. Yeah, but still bought the two and the four. Yeah. So I threw on the the two K because he was like, "You want to try it?" I was like, "Sure." We're about the same size, you know, like probably fit okay. And then as soon as I threw it on, I was like, "What am I doing?" You said, no, you didn't say what am I no, doing. I, well, what did I? I don't even know what did I say. <laughs> you, you said. F this, I'm out of here. Took the pack off, handed it to Sill and walked to your car. Uh, yeah, because I was like, you know you know why I did that? Now that I think about it? Because I knew I was going to buy the initial right. set pack. Because I knew that. And, you know, going up there, I had far too much stuff. Well, the funny thing is, I don't know that I had far too much stuff. Because, like, I had, like, your average, like, what you would expect to take, mm-hmm. right? But under, I mean, we took a ton. I mean, where we were, it wasn't as hot as where you were. It was, like, 90-ish, degree, maybe on the, maybe 92, 93 mm-hmm. peak. So, it wasn't terribly hot. But, it, I mean, we weren't, you know... You know, it wasn't right. It wasn't scorcher. It, yeah, right. Bearable. It was bearable, but it was still hot. In any case, we took a ton of water. So I had, man, I don't know. So I, I weighed my my camel back, and um, if it, it's two and a half liters, and I weighed it full, and it's about eight pounds. Mm-hmm. And I took this, which is I don't know. This is a light one, but you know, this is probably two pounds maybe or so. And I took a hydro flask which is probably 10 pounds two, yes <laughs> so you know i had like 15 plus pounds of water right you know and so you know add that to a day pack whatever that is mm-hmm. you know you're looking at like you know anywhere between what 35 to 40 so what 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 all was in your pack so yeah what all was in there did you have like your tarp and- so all i took i so I, what i took is like that essentials pouch thing that, you know, as Aaron Schneider likes to say, uh, possible's pouch, mm-hmm. which just has like legit, just essential stuff, you know, like, I don't know, fire starter. You probably don't need that on a day hunt, but you well, know. No, you never know that. I call that my utility, utility kit. Utility kit, right? right? Like just stuff. Uh, it was just, st- but it's like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, like your, your, your utility kit, right? Mm-hmm. Some fire starter, um, you know, some, when I forget what those things called, but the, the, the flint, the flint right. right? And just some patching stuff. Uh, duct tape. Duct, yeah, Luco tape. Just your what you would expect to have. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through that thing, like, what can I get rid of? And I'm just like, well, I don't know that I can, you know? Right. So anyway, that stuff, I, I wasn't sure... Um, I took, I did take the tarp cause I was like, just in case we get up to a spot where we need shade. Mm-hmm. Um, and one time you told me, and I, and maybe I took it too much to heart, but one time you told me you never go anywhere without a tarp cause it can be a shelter. Right. You need to. So, so I, I, I just figured that's an automatic, mm-hmm. right? Cause I mean, we weren't really that far in, might've been like what, two miles. Well, that's why I was questioning it. Right. Because right. that, that area is pretty. It's pretty, it's pretty dialed down. Yeah, yeah. But see, I'm a very cautious, cautious person. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? Let me throw it in there. I took my uh, my stove because I was like, well, I I did take um uh like a freeze dried food because I was like, well, just for lunch, you know. what I mean, and I took like enough food for a day, you know. And uh, what else did I take? I took that. I took a little pillow and my hammock, and that was it. That, oh, well, hold on. No, I lied. Then I took a first aid kit 
and you know uh, uh like a like that bladder that i told you about with the sawyer mm -hmm. and it's your water kit yeah and then like your because i have contacts so i have like a little kit that has like toilet paper contact solution um my, an extra pair of contacts right the stuff you can't live without yeah like that because yes right exactly so okay so that was literally it so for me in that area right like the jet boil unnecessary Un i figured right freeze dry unnecessary the tarp i i think at this point yes you should be carrying the tarp would i carry the tarp up there no but i think where the tarp is going to lend itself to your pursuit right now is it's going to keep your meat clean um as you learn to process and keep the meat off the ground and keep oh, sure. it clean and get from getting contaminated, I think that it's beneficial for you to carry the tarp. Uh, all them damn bottles of water, that's the killer. Yeah, the, I probably wouldn't take the the other the other one. I still like this one because it was nice to have cold water. So you take your three liter Camelback or Platypus or whatever it is, and you fill that son of a bitch up with ice. And you dump water on top of that ice and you put it in the IA pack. And the nice thing with the IA pack is, yes, it's hot outside, but because of the frame, your water doesn't melt because of the heat of your back. So now yeah, with your I, kill kit, yes. your essentials kit and your tarp, you put that on top and stack it in such a way that it's acting as insulation on the other side. Yeah. Yeah of that bladder dude i we were in we it was 102 for the morning set we went back we ate lunch then it was 109 to like 112 my water stayed iced you, you know because what because of that i didn't have so in the morning right we i put cold water in the bladder mm -hmm. and it stayed cold for a pretty large chunk of the chunk of the day and i was actually super surprised by that because uh, i mean like i said it was still pretty pretty hot you know and i think it was i think it's because of where that bladder as a matter of fact when i first saw that pack i thought where the bladder was like ingenious because mm -hmm. you hear a lot of i mean granted like when i say i hear a lot i hear it on youtube right right i've heard a lot of people say that they're uh, their bladders burst from having a load on their back. Mm -hmm. And I always felt uncomfortable with that. So when I saw that the, the that this pack has it up top on the lid, I was just like, this is ingenious. This is this is this is perfect. Right. Well part of it too is you can you can put it in the pannier too. So oh, like, that's right. Yeah, as yeah. you're running around and that's you know I well I ran my 2K right which has the the bladder um the water bladder pouch so it sits just oh, inside yeah. of the frame on the outside of the bag and accessibility wise it's, it's money but the old pack that we had if you remember where the water bladder was there yeah. and that type of frame mm -hmm. like the heat that you're putting off your radiant heat is melting ice like my water would be hot in that in those temperatures within an hour so all day long i'm sipping on hot ass water oh, yeah. with my ia pack with that carbon frame dude i'm telling you my water was I still had ice coming out the straw as I was getting down to the bottom of my supply, um, you know, after that morning hunt. Let me ask you, how much water did you guys take in? Well, no, and so did you, 
park your trucks and then go in and then when you needed more water you'd come back to the truck yeah we come that... back we come oh, back okay, out okay, right? okay there it gets so dude there's no there's i know because it's bad like yeah, i didn't look fun <laughs> you you have shade but the shade is moving right because as the sun is coming across us and it's so sparse so right so you feel like you're in shade well then the sun moves a little bit and you got this beam coming right through the middle of the bush and i mean you are you're on fire so yeah what we'll do is we'll we park we pack in you know do our gig and there's a point in the day where it's like it, it feels like you're standing under a giant blow dryer is the best way right this <laughs> yeah. giant heat lamp i know what you're talking about and it's unbearable like i've i've done it the whole day um it's it hurts like it hurts you you recover for days so we got smart about it we want to be able to hunt it all season um so we'll come down grub refill water um you know recharge right um sometimes that means sitting there with the truck on blowing ac Whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what Sil and I did in, in the middle of the night, actually. We drank, I think on Saturday, on Saturday, I drank over four gallons of water on Saturday. Sheesh. Um, not to say that it was all in my back, but it was it was over four gallons of water on Saturday. I think Drew was right there with me. He's, I think he said he might have done six gallons. He might have. And he was, because I think he did, He ca- yeah, he carried an extra liter and a half bladder see and i only have my three right but i've learned to, if i drink too much in that it isn't great mm. right and i'm not sure why that is i was you know i was a little again i'm a cautious person i think as i as i get more comfortable with being out there like that it, it'll kind of get away as, as you know just more confidence but in any case i was worried that we weren't we i was worried that so you know i've done some pretty I, there was one time where i did a really long hike it was like 17 miles and i was super like unprepared and i remember one of the things as we were getting up to where we were hiking to i was cramping a ton and that's because i wasn't drinking as much water as i needed to and one of the things that i was worried about was because of the heat because of how much we were sweating that i wasn't going to be drinking enough water so i made a point to like be constantly like Mm -hmm. i need to drink some water you know i got some electrolytes in this one and then drinking out of the camelback and uh you know it was like halfway through the day when i was like well shit we need to go back to the truck because we don't have any water well you know and that that brings up a point too right and and i think it's very important since we're on that topic to talk about it it's almost like the not looking at the offside of the animal but hydrating and staying hydrated ahead of those hunts right is drinking enough water yeah. on a daily basis and i'm going to say that most people are walking around slightly if not dehydrated yeah. on a daily basis right sports drinks beers soda you know what i mean that's that's replacing water in a lot of folks day to day for sure so we go out on these hunts and we start pounding water well we already walked in partially or dehydrated so we're already in a suppressed state if you will right and and not fully functional yeah um so we're compounding it when we go get out and it's 98 degrees 116 degrees you you're you're at best leveling off the fuckery 
that is about to ensue on your body. Right. And I've put myself in that position uh, many a times, right? Um, last year, I think it was the last hunt we were on. We went on a rifle to try and get Drew a buck. And it, dude, it was all bad. Like dizziness, um, cramping, faint, like feeling faint. I mean, we were, it was, dude, it was bad. Like pissing was it was like bright brownish orange like it was oh shit. i told drew dude if i hit the dirt you're bad just keep going if you can get help then get help but don't don't try and drag me down that's how bad it was we were and i'll qualify a little bit we went over the range well we were used to the creek being back there and the creek uh, does it, it'll pond up right so as the water kind of stops flowing we have these big ponds well a week and a half prior we were there and those ponds were 20 feet by 10 feet so we're like we're chasing this buck we drop over and we get to the bottom and it's like oh you know there is zero water here right so what do we do we're you know i'm looking for water let's keep following this deer foolish decision right um keep following this deer so we're going down the creek and i'm like you know okay there's a pocket of water there there's a pocket of water there dude the water was so like the the smell was so bad even filtering it you couldn't you couldn't almost stomach it and i ended up having basically i dug a sump right i dug a hole mm -hmm. i don't know two and a half feet to get like eight ounces at a time we'd have to sit there and Wait i have my little sawyer up. mini fashioned you know with this straw on each end you know basically it's a it's a tube and i just sit there and sip out of the hole and uh dude it was it was bad it was bad. We, me and Drew were talking about that going up this year. Like, man, that ain't happening again. So, you know, the good thing about having, I mean, I'm, I'm in many ways fortunate that you and I became friends. If you want to consider us friends, um, I don't but, know about fortunate, but we will consider you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, cause, and I've told you this before, it's, I get to learn a lot of mistakes that other people like you have made. Mm -hmm. And it's like information that I think is, that is super like, okay, I've heard you say this before. So I was drinking a ton of water. I knew that I did not want to be dehydrated going up. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of like just small information like that, like, it's super helpful. So thank you for that. Thank Heck you for yeah. just like guiding myself and others in, I, in this. I will, I will tell you, right. When it's, when it's information safety wise, sure. I'll give it all day. Right. When it is information. I'm not going to give you the stuff that I'd rather see the, the lessons that I, I believe we should all learn as hunters, right? The yeah. buck fever part. I'll give you shit about it and I'll talk about it, but I'm not going to walk anybody through that. Well, I don't right. know that you can. I think that's just something I that I you think. I think you, think you, think can. you can. Dude, my son, you want to talk about a stone cold killer? Like since he was seven years old, but it's something that we constantly uh, talk about, right? Sure. I mean, look at my Wyoming film and I'm not saying I'm a stone cold killer. I like to believe I am. Um, you look at the Wyoming field and look at my respirations and look at my excitement. Dude, when I anchored, I don't care how hard I'm breathing, like I'm sending it and that shit is hitting its mark. Um, it's all controllable, right? But it's that constant thought process. And, and that's one of the things that I credited you to this year, you know, watching your process on the range, ultimately not knowing that it wasn't encompass all encompassing, but to see you walk up, pick a mark, and go through the whole thing range 
right? Knock one, draw a cycle, you know, anchor, boom, send it, right? I was like, okay, fucking Caesar's thinking, right? This is awesome to see that process because if you look at a lot of the guys in the range, what are they doing? They're walking up to 20 yards and they're just shooting, 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 shooting. And it's not purposeful, right? right. Not, yes, okay, there's some level of muscle memory and, and recollection that I'm going to anchor this, I'm going to anchor that. But to know that you're thinking yourself through every step of the way, I'm like, okay, this is, this is like, I can hunt with this dude, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit there and have to worry about, you know, some, some ill injured animal. Um, and, and not to say it's not a worry regardless. Right. I mean, it can happen to anyone. <laughs> right. But it's less of a concern, right, right. To watch that process. And I think we talked about getting out there and now incorporating an elevated heart rate, whether that means, you know, running back and forth on the right. hundred yard mark or, you know, bringing the box and the kettlebells and the sandbags out and actually going through that process and draining yourself and still being able to draw, then drawing and okay, hit the clock, hold for a minute, right? Yeah. Now settle and let it go and let's see what happens. So that's actually what happened to Sill. I don't know, he, I don't know if you tell you that, but he held up for about a minute before yeah. he shot. So that's, I mean, to his credit, that's pretty difficult. That's a that's a good hold, man. Yeah. I think he must have his still are you running a 35 pound bow, bro? <laughs> he says 66, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 66. It, well, yeah, if you count it in 30 second increments, yeah, 35 is about 66. <laughs> you know, I got that. Um I I'm a very methodical person. You know, I, I like to I like to think through things. So so here's the thing, right? In my background with what I do, I do live events. If you fuck up, not only are not only will all of your crew know, but the entire audience knows. Mm -hmm. I've done shows for seven thousand people. And if I mess up, seven thousand people are gonna look at me and be like, What the fuck? <laughs> you wanna talk about feeling uncomfortable right you know sitting in front of a mixing console with seven thousand people watching you know and you're controlling the volume they hear so if like for those of you that know like if you feed back a microphone or things like that like think about the pressure behind that anyway my point is this is that i because i've ran you know i've supervised teams to do some of these shows actually and i think about it at a young age but in any case i have to be like i cannot be like check all the boxes like make sure i you know i mean i would i don't think i've ever seen shown you any of these photos that i've some of the things that i've done but it like you know this is pretty it's it can be kind of dangerous it can be kind of you know so there's like a lot of boxes that i need to check in order for these things to go right and, mm -hmm. and making sure that we took take everything so i apply this to like a lot of my life you know so like and not only that, like, I mean, I've never been in the military, but I have a lot of friends and, and, and some relatives in the military. And, you know, I like to read a lot, too. So, like, I've been reading a bunch of, like, you know, these Navy SEAL uh, novels that, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But in any case, like, this, this idea of, like, always kind of, like making a checklist, making training, you know. I mean, I was in wrestling. We would train. Out, you know for a ton of time you know and i always i that's that's where that you know you know okay grab an arrow knock mm -hmm. put my put my release grab my my rangefinder range you know okay settle in okay go you know it, it's not super realistic in regards to um I don't know. Actually, I don't know. That's I, I think that part of it is, and I get what you're saying. And the only thing that I would interject is, 
and I've said it about elk is the animal doesn't know the game plan, right? So that's the variable in that plan. Right, right. And and when it comes to planning and mapping things out and, and wanting that, and I actually posted about this about a week ago, and I was thinking about my season and my approach this season and chasing, you know, this buck that I that I want. Um my plan hasn't worked, right? right? My plan hasn't worked. So at what point does that false sense of control have to be laid down? You have a general scope of things, right? If you yeah. will. And understanding, you know, understanding the terrain, understanding the animal. I think you have these basic principles, but I don't, when it comes to hunting, I think that's one of the brilliant things about it is there's really no fucking plan right i mean it's like hey this is what we're planning to do we're gonna plan to get up to this ridge and we're gonna glass well now when we glass and we find that buck or we find that bull yeah we can map out a plan but it is the the ever changing right. variables and adapting your plan to those that make it such a beautiful dance yeah and i think too much planning especially and and this and i don't mean it offensive to you or anyone else that's new but i think too much planning is what kept you away for four years right is, yeah i is think you're right is constantly questioning whether or not my plan was solid enough to get out there and just do the damn thing i i, I yeah i can't disagree with that you know I, you know i mean there's a lot, i think that's a definitely a, a factor for sure i mean there's other factors involved too but i think that's definitely a factor well, for like, sure when i was like dude let's go you were like huh and i'm like let's go because what other what what better plan is there than just to do the shit right you're as soon as you do it right this weekend was was one was one approach now that plan evolves right yeah and sure. it develops okay sure. man now okay shit i didn't even realize that it would get to that point that fast right um i yeah it, i i think and then there's a there's such a flood of information available where do you start like what do you listen to and yeah having to check those boxes can definitely screw you. Oh and yeah. I've been there, done that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, for sure. I think in some ways you got to be nimble, right? You got to be able to adapt to whatever changes happen out in the field. And I mean, I'm over here talking about my shot process when I didn't even, you know, my shot process was garbage when I was supposed to put down right. a deer at 12 yards. You know, I will say though, that I reached into my pocket, grabbed my release pretty methodically the way that I did. But when it came to the actual shot, but FIFA, baby. it was just like, <laughs> it's running, I gotta throw one in it. And it just went over its back, you yeah. know what I mean? But, but I mean, that, that, that type of thing is never going to stop happening. Right. Right. Cause you, you'll do that. What was that? The first year I was in Catalina, the first year I was in Catalina, the first time I ever missed an animal in, in all my years of hunting, I've never missed an animal. Oh, shit. Right. We get down to this buck. I think I was, I don't know if I was on my knee, if I was prone, I can't remember anyhow, you know, locked and loaded and <sighs> dude, I didn't see that buck budge. And I'm like, I look up, I'm like, what the hell? 
And then Ben was like, you missed. And I'm like, I did. I literally, I literally turned around and I said, I fucking, I looked at him and asked him, <laughs> I fucking did what? Like never, I never have not hit on the first. I used to walk around with my Thompson center. I didn't need more than one shot. I had one Jeez. round, pull the hammer back. The animals, dude, that was such an eye-opening, humbling. It was like, holy hell, how did I miss? I think I missed twice before I hit oh, the animal. Shit. I'm not making any excuses. I know what I did wrong. And it was all, it was a hundred percent me. But dude, that scenario will play itself and rear its head more than you think. Isn't that crazy that no matter how much experience you have, like those are just the moments that like like every, I just I feel like no matter how much those things will always rear oh, their heads. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, like I said, dude, I'm I turned back and I looked at a dude that. So this is the first year I met. Were you them. offended when he said you missed? No, but I was shocked. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've never. That was the first time I ever missed my mark. Right. So when he said it, I literally turned around and said, "I fucking did." I like I couldn't believe it. Like no way, I've never missed an animal, and. <laughs> it's still I know what I did I figured it out you know after we the, I ended up getting the deer come home you get to the range and you're like what am I doing so I I had to go to the range right shot to the range check my zero okay my zero is good right and then I take it out to the and I was like okay I got to get the same distance what did I do and I just walk myself back through everything and uh, know exactly what I did wrong I, I, it was just like, you freaking idiot. Um, it's funny you say that because I went to my mom's to shoot 12 yards and it was totally me. Yeah. <laughs> my bow was completely fine. Well, and, but you've heard me say that at the range, right? <laughs> and, and it's the first thing we do is we want to blame the equipment. And, and, and still, yeah, buddy, you're 35 pound bow. Uh, he's been pretty, he's shooting very good. I mean, dude's right been now, shooting yeah, for a month, yes. month and a half, right? Yes. He's shooting excellent. And that's one of the things that I've I've had to tell him a few times is don't blame the equipment, right? Don't change the equipment. Don't blame the equipment. Work it out. Shoot it more. Change distances. Walk away from it. Get closer. Work on your shot process. And once you figure that out, you step back and it's still doing the same thing. Then blame the shit. Right. But 95, I'm going well, to say 98% of the time, it is the shooter and not the equipment. Yeah. I think when you first start, I, I still kind of struggle with that. But in, in when you, when I first started, I just, I felt like it was always the equipment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause like you think you're doing everything right, right. But then you realize like, oh no, my, you know, like, or you think, you think you're, you think you're doing everything right. And you're like, no, the bow has got to be messed up, you mm -hmm. know, like in this and that. And then you realize that this is never the case. Well, it's like, you know, with that whole release deal. Right. I'm, I'm shooting that release. I'm shooting great. And then you have to switch to back to the index. And I'm like, OK, I'll work it out. And then it was like, man, I, I really don't want to shoot with the index. I'm going to have to change a couple of things. So I ended up getting that too simple. Yeah. And first few shots were banging and then start just flopping. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Well, it was changing the anchor position. Right. So as I got comfortable with that release, I changed the anchor. Mm -hmm. Head position was a little bit different because of the anchor. I had to move the peep ultimately. Um, but I was sitting there going, I'm going to have. Remember, I told you I was out there due to my side tape still has the marks. I was 
was remarking my side tape, trying to figure out why I was off. And I, I just couldn't figure it out, but it wasn't, I wasn't off until I was out to 70 yards. And it was just, it was like, what, this is the weirdest thing from 70 yards out to a hundred, it was three to four yard difference. And I'm like, oh, what wow. the hell's going on here? Like, yeah. this does not make sense to me, right? That I could be good out to 70 and then have to deal with this compensation and yardage. So I had started marking the tape. I even pulled other tapes out. Even the tape that Spot Hog gives you, I have the, uh, they give you two of them. Um, you know, when you're dialing in initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm putting that next to my marks and I'm like, well, it's giving me the same damn thing. Like, what's going on here? Like, and I'm like, you know what? It's it's 110% me. It is 110% me. So I walked up to, I think I was at 15 yards and I just sat there and I pulled and I pulled and I pulled and I'm thinking and I'm feeling, I'm thinking. And I'm like, you know what? I felt my anchor in three different spots and I watched my eye or I watched my peep but I'm, you know, you're you're kind of moving up and down, trying to get that. And I'm like, it's all me. And then once I said, okay, 20 yards, where is that anchor solid? Found that, but I was still, I, I was still a little bit high. So I just started playing with that P pipe. And once I dialed that P pipe, it, it was just, I think I sent, I was like, I sent you guys the picture mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was like, Dude, I was so nervous because I was going, damn, dude, I'm a week off a season messing with all this change in my release. Like, oh, man, that's the worst thing to go I, in. I know when you lost the that other release, I, I could see in your eyes. The, oh, the Oh, man, I don't I really don't want to shoot this uh, wrist release. Oh, you know? man, it, it just I, that that is so big when you're going out the level of confidence and in yourself and knowing that you're beyond proficient with your weapon and knowing that those deer that I'm hunting aren't going to let me within 60 yards. I'll be lucky to get within 70. Mm -hmm. So to understand that and go, oh man, my shots at 40 are looking funky with this release because I haven't, you know what I mean? It's not what I've been training with. And uh, oh yeah, dude, it was so disheartening. Yeah, but it's like I, it's like we did, we ended up talking about, right? Like uh, it was a... Uh, uh, what did I tell you? Um, uh, blessing in disguise. Oh, right? yeah. Because I like when you said that, I was like, "This is the best release I ever yeah. I've ever shot." I, dude, I absolutely, I love that release. It's funny because I haven't shot too many different releases. Like I've, I've literally only shot three releases. I shot the One a year. <laughs> I know, right? Actually, that's not far off the truth. Actually, <laughs> uh, I shot the. It was a spot hog. I can't remember the name of it. The wise guy, I think it is. And then I shot that for a long time, for two years, I guess. And then I switched over to the the spot hog. It was my first uh, thumb release, mm -hmm. and I I told, man I broke so many arrows with that thing, and and then eventually it's funny because I remember the day when I was gonna go for the pig hunt. I was going to shoot the wise guy, but then I had used the other one because I was nervous about it and I was using the other one so much. I go, what is it called? This The spot hug. I forget. It's their thumb one. But in any case, I was using that one a ton. And then when I was going to go to this the, the pig hunt, I was like, you know what? Like, I can't afford to like miss a shot. Like, mm -hmm. I can't afford to, to like accidentally hit the thumb button. Like, I'm going to switch over to the wise guy. And I shot maybe two arrows and i just felt it so awkwardly on mm -hmm. my face that i was like 
okay, I got to commit to, I can't do this either. I got to commit to the other one. And then shortly thereafter, I ended up buying the very similar to the wise, the, the too simple, the, uh, the wise choice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't think I'd ever shoot anything else. It just feels so good in my hand. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. The hardest part with, you know, a handheld release is trekking around the woods for days it just has me it, it yeah last year it had me nervous losing that one at at the range mind you right know, right and not find well well part of that was i didn't realize it for a day or so um not knowing that i dropped it not yeah it, it's just it's nerve-wracking i'm i'm a, i was yeah i had thought about putting it in my uh you know the kind of where the windicator goes mm-hmm. but it, those the bino harness that i use the pockets aren't deep enough for me to feel completely well, well comfortable. that's where i i would carry in mind when i have that one i just well uh, maybe i think the other one that you had was a little smaller so it probably fit better in that side pocket mm, but oh yeah because the size of your release the size i just i i couldn't do it so i just i've been i kind of was like dealing all right like i'm gonna have my like this pocket my right hand my right pocket is only for that nothing else goes in there mm-hmm. so if i reach into it i know it's my is release pocket zip? no it doesn't but it's a deep pocket still still you, you oh, think dude i'd be i mean if you you know you're running through the woods and you know one of those dehydrated meals hits you and you gotta oh, that's a good point sit over a log that. or if you're you know you lay down to take a nap or who knows you know what i mean it's just it it's risky well the here's the other thing though the 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 vinyl harness i i use their new version has stretchy pockets and they're deeper mm. so that might work out in my favor right so i don't know we'll see but yeah i mean it's it's all been a really interesting learning experience for me you know and i mean this is i mean literally one day out in the i don't want to call them woods because they're not really woods but like it's the woods yeah you would consider yeah, it woods? That's woods it's funny because still made a video saying uh, out in the woods and i just like i don't see there's not very many trees out here <laughs> but uh, in any case you know this it you know it's it's a it's a the the literally the because i wouldn't i mean yes i did go hunting for the pig and all right but it was it it was definitely a controlled kind of environment Mm -hmm. right i mean you know it's a guided hunt so there was this one time my first day literally for the rest of my life that i you know that i just experienced and Mm -hmm. and now i'm going to have you know countless other experiences and you know learning from all the future mistakes i'm going to make right. and hopefully mitigate some of those with some of your wisdom and other people's wisdoms but in any case like it's just uh i'm really excited nervous for sure some scared if i'm honest about the future and just just being out there and just like the unknowns and stuff like that but all at the same time it's like thrilling mm-hmm. absolutely man that the unknown was and and i said it earlier when you said you're you're very methodical and cautious and i'm and that's why i said you're effed if you're following around with me because dude it is leap and as you're falling down you're like oh yeah should have looked a little bit um it's i do i do a little i i am a little bit more of a risk taker when i'm around others i will say that (laughs) and it's not i mean it's not i'm definitely more cautious when i'm with people um and maybe that's should be opposite right i should be going balls to the walls when i'm with something someone so i don't kill myself um (laughs) 
But I think I think that being excited about the unknowns is the great part of it, right? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to have to do. You don't know how far you're going to have to walk or how high you're going to have to hike or what you're going to have to go through in terms of weather. To me, that's that's the drive. Like, man, let's get it. Like, what can I do today? Like, what what is going to be different that I get to tackle and challenge and right. push myself through? Right. Dude, I'm so... I don't want, I don't care. I should say, I don't give a shit if I say it. So I'm driving, right? And I, I turn the corner, I hit the dirt road and dude, you, you go kind of a S and then you straighten out and man, I saw the range. I saw those mountains there and I had another 20 minutes to go and I ain't going to even bullshit you, man. I had a little tear in my eye. Like I'm back. I am back, motherfucker. I mean, dude, I turned the radio up. I was hooting and hollering and out, man. I was just so GD excited to see those mountains after months of not being there. I mean, you figure it's been since last August, right? Oh man, that excitement of not knowing and I get to get my eyes on this deer and go after it. You know what I mean? Right. Dude, it just, oh man, I was so pumped up. Music's blaring. I pull up like, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think had we rolled up during the day, I would have felt a little different, but because we got there like damn near one thirty, almost two o'clock in the morning, I was hyped about this, like, just like. Like this, like being there, like mm-hmm. like oh man, we're actually here. You know what I mean? Especially because it was like my first time like that, and then like just seeing the sky and be like, this is this is incredible. The only drawback is that sleeping in his damn truck was. I mean, we literally slept. I I looked at my watch. It was one thirty, and we were kind of, yeah, it was one. So we got there around uh, right around that time. In any case, I looked at my watch. It was one thirty. And then I, in my head, I was like, all right, cool. We'll just sleep for a few hours. And I'm trying to like, kind of like try to get comfortable in his seat. And then I told, I, I, I tell him, I'm like, dude, maybe this was a bad idea. We should have probably tense. Like this is a bad, this is kind of a bad idea that we like thought we would sleep for three hours in your truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Never done that. And then. I know neither one of us slept. Like we catnapped, but ne- neither one of us actually slept. And we got up at four thirty, so we were there for three hours in an uncomfortable ass. Like, but as soon as we started hiking up the hills, it was all gone. Right. At did lunchtime, you- though, damn. You want to talk about like it you hitting your- you in the face? Yeah. Did you get your nap in? Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. Yeah, that's important too to keep that get that rest. What? Uh- should you guys walk in in the dark or yeah. did you wait for the sun to no, come no, up? No, 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 no. We walked in. We had headlamps oh, nice. on. We walked up and. Oh, you were the headlamps. That moon was bright, bro. It was bright. It, it was it, a half it, a damn it, it, moon. It was bright. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> i tell you what, though. Uh, I was a little nervous about snakes because the, t- the grass is tall there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need, I need to see where I'm stepping, you know? <laughs> so for the record, right? That headlamp, that's your backup headlamp, right? Are you asking me or? No, I'm telling you, that's your backup, right? I mean, especially when the moon is out, like, dude, just go in. And that's what I was telling. I think I was telling you or Syl, like, you know, so one of you guys was worried about going in in the dark. Oh, you know, it's funny. Really? It was him? Because I didn't care to. Well, no, this is because he was asking 
with or without a light. And I go in, oh. I, I try to go in without a light. Now, if it's a bunch of deadfall and things like I'm going to trip, you know, break my ass. Yeah, I'm going to probably turn on the light. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll hold it in my hand and just kind of shine it like that. Um, what about like a colored light if it was like red or something? Yeah, but you put one of those on, you realize that they don't really provide that much light. Yeah, that's true. Um, they don't have those flood or spot capabilities like the white LEDs. Um But with that bright of a moon, like you could walk in, like your eyes are going to adjust and you're actually going to have better vision. Right. As your yeah. As your eyes adjust. And then because what happens is that, you know, you have that light on, you feel so secure. Right. But you're only seeing as far as your light is shining. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because as soon as the light ends, your vision ends. Well, if you turn off that light and you go with the moonlight, you could see everything. You see it. You you would have seen from the bottom of that hill to the top of the hill. When you got to the top, you'd have seen the other side and that ridge and everything with that bright of a moon. You. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it was like I've always seen like videos of people putting their headlamps on and hiking in the dark. So I didn't really think twice about it. But. I, yeah, it was definitely bright enough oh, yeah. that if we just would have been outside long enough, like after the kind of the car lights mm-hmm. got past that, our eyes definitely would have adjusted. Yeah, I guess you're right fine. about that. And not only that, though, but like at a certain point, we didn't get too far before we turned them off, though. Right. Because you don't want to break that top. Right. right. And uh, and it's, that was still right. Because I was just following his lead. He was just like, we don't want to like expose our spot, like because a spot, uh, our headlamp is like telling everything where we are. Right. You know? So we didn't get too far before we turned them off and i mean we weren't hiking in well when we first got out of the truck like when we first started hiking we were in complete darkness but mm-hmm. by the time we started cresting over that first hill yeah we weren't wearing our headlamps anymore so yeah because he, he was a little bit i shouldn't say worried about it but he was he was asking and i was like man just leave that shit in your pack you so know? this is what i'm saying these are like the small little like just like these nuggets of information that i think don't get mentioned because like it's 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 uh, just to go back on, uh, to it really quickly, right? When I first started, just figuring out how to get my license, mm-hmm. I don't think it gets talked about often because it people just assume you do it. Right. In other places, it's probably like like a rite of passage, right? But mm-hmm. for some, for here, like me, like I didn't even know how who to reach out to about it, you know, at the time, and it's just like small little increments, like the permethrin thing, mm-hmm. which you talked about with you know spraying that stuff on your straps like that's such a small nugget of information but that can really mean like right so much yeah it means you get sleep or get your ass bit <laughs> exactly i tell you i sprayed my pack my i sprayed my clothes how far do you go with that stuff like do you spray i almost sprayed my underwear no 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 i'm gonna <laughs> i i sprayed i'll spray my pants um, and then I'll spray, you know, my, my shirt or whatever. Um, especially like the sleeves. Um, I don't spray my pack. Maybe I should, but I got it on my shirt and my pants is my thought process. Uh, I definitely spray my hammock straps. Um, Do you spray your hammock? No, I just spray my, so I spray my trap or straps. Just the straps. And then usually I'll spray my net, my bug net for it. Um, which is probably an odd fear like that something's going to creep through i just sprayed my bug net today right but where we hung our hammocks last week dude there was these little tiny red and black ants and i swear 
that if one would have tried, it would have came through that net. I mean, they were yeah, they super were small, tiny, tiny things. Um, but a bottle, the the pump spray bottle, not the aerosol. Mm-hmm. It lasts me two seasons, and I know folks that go through one a season. Shit. So I just, I mean, the it well depends on how heavily you use it too, right? And then where you're going. Like I'm not worried about it. Like when we went to Colorado, I wasn't really too worried. What I was worried about in Colorado was the damn mosquitoes. So I brought ten bottles of the lotion from Sawyer. Oh yeah, I actually <laughs> took some up there because I was I really wasn't sure what we were gonna encounter. That back area that you guys didn't go to mm-hmm. oh. that area you need them yeah oh son of a bitch i mean there were there were some but it wasn't like no like like it's, how you describe i remember one time you described it it was like a like a like a, what did you say it was like a like a like a screen or you know what i mean yeah. like a screen of mis- it wasn't oh, i mean dude. it wasn't even close to that but no. i took it just in case i wasn't sure right that's my paranoid ass right there well, i think a, th- a lot of that area is because it's so open um, and it's hot and it's yeah. dry and it's up on that top mm-hmm. that those little buggers aren't there. When you get to that back area, because you're down low, you're, you know, you're more wooded, um, which, you know, be your idea of woods back there. They're relentless, um, especially if there's decent water, not even good water, but decent water. Would you, would you, in that area that we were at, would you take a tent versus the hammock? Because when we go back up, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to go from Friday to Sunday. I'm considering taking my tent. No, I would take my hammock. And it's a twofold thing. I'm not going to camp directly where I'm hunting. I'm going to drop back down and, you know, find an area to camp that I'm not going to possibly disturb or blow anything out as we're hanging in trees. And, you know, you kind of relax a little bit. Um you want to relax a little bit. So if I'm hunting in the area that I'm camping right there, it's that area is so small that I no, I wouldn't, I would come down off the hill and make my way, you know, down that road a little bit and find an area where I can relax and I can shoot mm. the shit and we can talk about the day. I think that's actually something that we totally messed up on and it ruined the rest of the day for our hunt. Cause like once he yelled out to me to, to, to take another shot, we completely lost discipline of like whispering. Right. And I, and, and I would lend that to the rifle background. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm, I followed his, I mean, I'm not blaming for it. I'm right. not blaming him for it, but I kind of followed his, lead. that was, but that was part of that was his, you know, his buck fever. Oh, right. Him losing him losing sight of the importance of, hey, now you got that animal switched on even more. Right. That's when I should be paying attention to toning it down. I don't want this animal that has an arrow hanging, you know, out of them because the shot was it was a bad shot for whatever reason. That's when I need to just I need to drop it down. I need to watch my movement even more. I need to watch my sound even more so I can ensure this next shot. Yeah. Right. I need to get this animal knocked out. And and that's, you know, I call it buck fever. That's that excitement that, you know, especially with archery equipment, right? It's the wherewithal with all that I think is, is hugely important. Right. But it's sort of like, well, I guess this scenario wouldn't be, but it's sort of like celebrating the touchdown before they hit the end zone oh, and then they yeah. drop the ball on the one yard line <laughs> and it's, you know, back to the house on the other side. Right. Um, 
wait until you cross the damn end zone to start off. You right, know? right, right, right. I mean, we definitely weren't celebrating, but like, well, yeah, but hey, shoot him. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Hold him, shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because after that, it just ruined that whole spot like right. for us. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it'll be that way. If, well, hopefully, if no one else goes to that spot, but like um, hopefully in two weeks from now, I think he might go up, but if, I won't be able to go this weekend. But the following weekend, when we go up, hopefully it'll be, I want to go further in, like just past that draw area on the other side of that hill that we were at. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at it on Onyx and it's like, there's more water there and I, i'm telling you i because you know what you see the game trails on on the maps and you can tell and he even said it like you could tell they're coming down that draw area into the creek there, either getting water there or keep keep and on keep going for it or they because we saw in that spot where we saw that that forky we saw five deer just in that spot when we first started hiking up he spotted two deer grazing it was two does and then he again he saw it he saw uh, a doe and a fawn because we had like we we had like uh kind of just sat on the side of that hill and then shortly thereafter we saw that buck and then another, i mean maybe it could have been another it could have been one of the does that we had seen previously or another doe i'm not sure but you know just in the, and it's got to be it's got to be like mm-hmm. you know they, i told you guys that if you work that spot right dude it is it's money well the whole i imagine the wind is consistent because like the whole morning it was blowing at our face mm-hmm. the whole time that's why it was that's why we, you know still was able to get 42 yards because like the wind was coming down as but we did notice that as it got hot or like as the day kind of progressed, yeah. it started blowing it, it up. It starts switching, right? You get those thermals. And if you get if you get high enough on that knob that's up towards the top, yeah. if you look back, you'll understand why you got the thermals because as you look out, it cliffs off, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you noticed We that. didn't go that far in. I think it was like that. We were thinking about going up it, mm-hmm. but I think that was before we got, you know, so the whole shot when you look back spot. towards the lake, kind of where you come up and where you pass, so I guess that'd be like the... That would be like the southeast in that realm. Yes. You can see where that just, it literally just dives off. So you're getting that that thermal switch there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very, very, that was one of the reasons I was like, this is this is good for you guys, right? It's a consistent, the wind is consistent. Yeah. And it's not a give me. Like if you don't play that open terrain correctly, you ain't doing nothing. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's, the t- it's dry, dead tall grass mm-hmm. like you're not creeping up on any and you know what interestingly enough it bedded that buck bedded down when sill was at that pine tree and i lost it in the binos for a second but i because it, it was bedded down and then like i could just barely see Six tips yeah you know and it's like damn like we could be walking up here not even know and not even know yeah. it, it's it's wild like you know you just I don't know. It's just realize a lot when you go out there, and then it's only one day. Can you imagine a whole lifetime of information? Oh, it's insane. Yeah, dude. you got to be a data geek, an absolute data geek. Yeah, man. But so, um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of. I just realized that season ends on August second. Well, at least in A zone. Archery. Arch. Well, yeah. Well, right. I have an AO tag, so. Well, so you could, but you could still hunt it with archery equipment. Yeah. It's like you said, right? The Orange Army. Yeah, but you know, it really depends on where you're at. Um, I don't feel I like do I don't feel like that area would be. 
I don't want to blow that area out though. I don't know that I would continue. But in any case, like that area, I don't think would be because it's still kind of close to private land. Like it's it, there's ranches and stuff around that. Oh yeah, right across that road. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just on mm-hmm. the. I think it's. It would be the east. East side. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's a huge dude. You should see the animals. You can see the animals on that property from the lake. If you get on that lake. Yeah. And you want to talk about it. That's, I, yeah, I, I can't, I don't want to give it away. So I won't go there, but amazing. We'll just say that. Yeah. And then, like I told you, the hogs, did you smell them or did yeah, you go? Yeah, no, for sure. I, we saw, we saw when, as we were hiking up in the dark, when I had my headlamp on, I saw a uh, uh, hog shit mm-hmm. walking up. And in that, in that draw area that we're telling you about, when we started tracing back the deer shot, like uh, I could smell them. Yeah. Like I remembered the smell from when I went on the pig hunt. I was, I even told sales, like, dude, I smell pig. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I smell them too. Yep. That, do they, they'll use that, that one funnel mm-hmm. up and over in that same saddle area. They won't go on that northerly route. They'll drop down in that little valley there. Oh. And they'll just, they'll use that little saddle back and forth. Yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. It's a neat spot, man. It really is. It really is. Thank you again for, for, I mean, I know that that's like, you know, sacred information for some people that, uh, that they don't like to say, but. But what's sacred, what's more sacred, right? In growing our demographic and supporting folks that need supporting i don't take that the wrong way right now i need support yeah, i have thicker right? skin than that for sure but i don't think that there's anything more important you still got to go get it done it's still not a give me it's not like i'm saying hey there's a herd of deer that lay on this fence line you know what i mean on the back 40 of my property go shoot them it's still it's still pl you still got to go find them you still got to go stalk them you sure. still got to beat all the elements and other hunters and everything right so it's funny you say that i sent a photo of the photos i sent you um i sent one of them to my buddy who lives in missouri who's mm-hmm. like the back 40 kind of guy right and he <laughs> he was like because you know i had the my bow on my on my back with my you know trekking poles and like my pack or whatever and i guess to him that's like like what are you doing right mm-hmm. and he's like dude when i go in the woods i just carry a fanny pack yeah and i was like yeah, you can't do that here no, i don't think no, right they i mean they're making a you know a lot of those guys are driving out you know driving out through the field like they're walking. they're dragging the deers back oh if yeah they get into the road and they're rolling up yeah there's and, yeah. no way if we would have found it there's no way we could have dragged that thing back no not. i mean i guess we could have but we would have been there for a oh, very yeah. long time you drag it out of there if you're not hauling ass that meat's gone oh yeah you don't have much time in that heat no um but what a cool experience, man, to get that text. And it was just like, oh, man, I hope they find it. I hope they find it. And, I'm, you know, and our signal was we were actually shocked to have signal where we were. I think they must have put a tower or something close because usually there's absolutely no signal there. Have you had signal where we were before? I mean, it's not that far. From- I think, yeah, I think everything works decently there, right? It's kind of spotty depending is, on yeah. where you're positioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it works decently. When you get down to that back area, you drop a little bit deeper, um, you lose everything back there. I was, I was genuinely surprised. It's funny because I immediately assumed that we weren't going to have um, signal. Mm-hmm. So I just put my phone in airplane mode. And then when we got there, I texted my girlfriend from my inReach. And then we're in the truck and still was like, I got four bars. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, I guess I can. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you some mess. Hope Nicole's not listening. You go out for one day. Yeah. 
Don't text. You got to text for one day, or she's still on the on the uneasy. I think I need seat. to. Con- I need to get her secure in it all. Yeah, right, I, this is still new for the both of us. Right. Okay, I can see it there. So I was gonna say, I'm gonna give you a little mess. I mean, one day. <laughs> It's still new. I understand what you're saying. I'm not going to disagree with you because, like, you're right. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. I, I'm not saying, okay, and I don't want to sound, you know, like I text my wife, right? But go, go escape that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, hey, love, I'm going to, I'm going to text you at 1.30, between 1.30 and 3.30, right? But don't get nervous if you don't hear me white being something, but I'll definitely text you by seven o'clock. Well, I will, I will preface this. I just texted her saying that we got there mm-hmm. because we were driving up in the middle of the night. So I just didn't want right. her to be worried that like something happened on the way there. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was that text. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, right? That's your life and relationship. <laughs> I'm just, you know. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I got here. I'll text you when I text you. The text is okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like just go enjoy it. Cause I was, dude, I was shocked that we had uh, that we got signal. Um, it was like face. Still was like face. Well, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was uh, some sort of face calling Drew up there, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like face. Well, I heard his phone right, and I'm like, "What the hell's phone's going off?" Like, what the. Is a phone doing on right now? You know, like what happened to airplane mode? You know, and he was like, "Oh look!" And I was like, "How the hell do you even have signal?" What did you say when uh, when when he found out that we had potentially a, a deer down? Or did he I don't react? Remember. Uh, did he react at all? He did, but I don't remember. I don't know that he was as excited as I was. Um, but I, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of a kind of an a-hole when we're out there. I mean, not bad, but like, you know, like I'm I'm so tunnel visioned. Um, I'm not really paying attention to that shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's for I'm me interested. the split is weird. I'm interested to 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 see that about you. I mean, because I've I mean I haven't known you long, maybe about a year or so. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm interested I'm I I'm excited to see that part. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Right. It, it, you know, it is, I'm just very, I'm very driven to why I'm there. Right. And if I feel like there is a break or an interrupt of that is when it, when I can be an asshole. You know what sure. I mean? It's yeah, just yeah. like, hey guys, let's get our shit together, right? Nobody's done anything right now. We got these tags. We we're on a mission, right? We're here to do something. Let's accomplish whatever those somethings are, right? And we can't do that by horseshitting with boots or worrying about what fits and what you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let's work all that shit out ahead of time. Let's be solid. Let's go in there confident. Let's go knock the shit out. Now we don't have to kill nothing, but we're gonna give it everything yeah. that we have. And if everything that you have is a little bit less, we're good with that. But god damn it, you're gonna have to give it a little bit more. Right. Sure, yeah. I wouldn't I what my expectation is is if you said, Hey, I'm tackling that hill and I said I'm going with you, guess what I'm doing? I'm fucking tackling that hill. And you'll get there with people where it's not they're not looking to tackle that hill. And then I think that's where where the dilemma 
comes from with me. Mm. And I and when it comes to that, I don't I just sorry, I don't care. I'm going to fucking tell you. You know, it's it that kind of attitude is motivating though. Cuz at least for me, cuz I don't generally respond like that and not respond that's the wrong word like i don't generally look at things and be like like let's fucking do it well at least but when there's like a camaraderie there Mm -hmm. and like let's say you're telling me like dude let's go fucking do that like fuck it let's go do it you know what i mean like i i it's motivating you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i mean that's not, not to say that i can't do it on my own but it's just one of those things that like when you have someone that's like, fuck it, let's do it. And you're kind of already in that kind of mindset. It's just, it's, I don't know, to me, it's very motivating, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I guess that's good. Um, yeah, there's, there was a, there was a quite a bit that, that I just humble, like if I could sum it all up, it's just like a humbling experience. Like that's just the first thing that kind of comes to my head. And I think that's what I, I didn't have any expectations, but I think if I, if I could sum it up, that's, that was, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Like how could I, like, I had this, I, you know, I had this idea, I didn't have expectations, but I had this idea that I was going to be able to go in and just be like, like maneuver around a little bit easier. It wasn't difficult, but it was like, you know, and then like just seeing the points that I had made, like the waypoints that I had made and then looking at them and be like, oh, I can't even believe that I thought we could, cause they were far. Like I didn't even like the, right, distance, the distance was, part. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, cause Sil was like, all right, where are we going? And I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, fuck, we're not going there anymore. No, we're going up this thing right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was, it was, you know, I know we had planned to do this uh, last week, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of glad that it happened the way that it did just cause, um, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, most, I mean, I've been listening to your podcast for uh, the same amount of time that I've known you, right? About a year. And this, I think it's interesting to hear like a story, like my story. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe to like seasoned hunters, it might not be. But it, like you know, like I, for those of you listening, it was my literally my first day of hunting. Just happened on Sunday. That's badass. That's wild. Yeah, it's badass. And it's like I said earlier, it's like the first day of the rest of my life. It's mm-hmm. crazy, you know. What uh, I mean? But but okay, so you, you kind of qualified it and said seasoned hunters. If there's a, a seasoned guy that doesn't appreciate the statement that you just made, then he needs to recheck his reality when it comes to hunting. Right? The first day of the rest of your life was was flipping Sunday, bro. Yeah, you know I what know. I mean? That and, and in my head, and that's one of the reasons that I think we get along. And and one of the reasons that after the first couple of times that we talked was like, okay, I can I can gel with this dude because there is value in it to you, right? There is something that you are looking for more than just notching the tag. Yeah, I mean, it's like I've told you before, you know, like I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't care about the horns, you know, the antlers, I should say. But it's just not about that for me. It made you miss a 12 yard shot. <laughs> you know, it's funny as, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, and, and that's fine, right? And, and no, the, there are, there is value 
there is value in that rack, right? And, and I think there's a lot of times and we hear it so much, right? And I'm not saying that it's not as valuable to you or it may not be as valuable to you as it is to me and, and vice versa, versa, versa. But I think that we have been to a point made to feel guilty about being proud of chasing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a big rat to a point, right? Yeah. And we make these these almost excuses of mature animal, um, meat in the freezer, I'm not a trophy. You know what? This is my pursuit. And God dang it, I like a big rack. Right. But I also like the work ethic. If that smaller deer makes me work as hard or harder than that deer did, I'm probably going to take that one. But I don't need to qualify my pursuit to you, to him, to her, to them. This is just my pursuit. Right. There's a beauty in that. Yeah. You know, there's an absolute beauty in I don't care about the rack, but I missed at 12 yards. Yeah, motherfucker, you care about the rack. You just don't realize how much that plays into the I, I, story because of the narrative. And But to your point, what you told me before is that you, I think the rack part of it is because I haven't like I haven't gotten it yet and then I think the I think once it happens and I realize like for example right like this was I mean I didn't even take the shot I mean I took a shot right but like I it what I didn't make a stock on it right so I I didn't put the work in the way that Syl did on this deer I mean had I shot it it would have been it still would have been his deer who would I was gonna say who would have taken the deer if it, if that arrow him 100% okay. if I would have killed it he still would have taken it Cause there's, I wouldn't even think twice about that. Right. Cause like I didn't put, if I shot it where I shot it, I literally did no work. Just the pulling of the trigger. He put the stock on. Right. Know? Okay. But, but say his shot was a bad shot and his shot was sitting well, under skin. Would, would well, still, I mean, it did. I'm sure it did. Right. But would, would still have looked at that and gone, damn dude, that's your deer. I think he would have, but I still would have given it to him. You know what? We, I, we actually kind of talked about this. I think we, I don't know who would have notched. I would have told, that's a good question, actually. It's a rough one. Because because to me, if I would have killed it, it, to me in my eyes, it still would have been his. Even if it was a bad shot. Because he put in the work for it. Now, had he been like, dude, it's yours. Like you killed it. I'm talking about notching tags here, like for right. furthering your season. Right. I mean, it, would it have been a cool story for me to be like, yeah, I got a first deer on my first day, but like, this is how it played out. I still want to. I well, for how, yeah, how it played out. But I, I would still want to like. It's like you know, it's bittersweet, like you said, right? right. You end your season on your first day. Yeah, that's. I don't quite want to do that. Well, that's a rough one, right? Because you know, it, it, going back to my area, even last year, right? I'm like, man, I can, I can kill one of these nice bucks. Yeah, it's not what I'm after, but it's a nice freaking buck. And then I go damn but my season's done like and that's my like dude to be able to hunt from from july to january man that's exceptional dude that's that's six months of hunting i messaged i messaged so i remember i told you i won those arrows that's why my name now is caesar monero monero <laughs> i hope they don't hear that but in any case uh i messaged one of those guys a, 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 a reputable like mm -hmm. one of the guys you see doing those hunts right mm -hmm. that they, they that they film anyway 
he was telling me that the Myeros had been shipped or whatever, but I messaged him. I was like, oh, I'm going out this weekend on my first weekend or whatever. And then he messaged me back and I figured he knew I lived in California for two reasons. One, my address was there. And two, because I told him I was going out that weekend. He's like, I can't believe how soon California uh, season yeah. opens. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, well, it's like when, when you when you first told me, um, you didn't quite give me, you didn't need to, because it's, I mean, if you look into it, you can kind of figure out what tags to apply for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you told me that we can hunt from July all the way up to January, I was like, all right, what, that's a, like, I don't want to apply for anything other than that, than that, what gives me the opportunity to do that. To do that. Right. And, and, it, it, and it makes sense. Like, absolutely. right. Well, here's the thing. It makes absolute sense if you want to be in the woods as much as you can. It makes even more sense as a new hunter to be able to spend that much time. If you talk about a numbers game, right? If it's, you know, a 50 to one, right? You're in the woods 50 times, you might get one shot, whatever that ratio is. If it's a numbers game, you need that length of time, but to gain the experience that you can gain from from July all the way into January, you're not gonna do that with right. with another tag scenario, right? Yeah, I if, mean, cause like, you know, most, I, uh, like some people I know put in for like some of the egg zones here, right. those are like premium tags or whatever. I mean, one of our tags is premium tags too, but like those are like highly mm-hmm. sought out after tags. I, I, to me, as a new hunter, and as someone that like, in some ways wants to put me, I mean, no, not in some ways, I do want to put me in the freezer. Like it, it just, it doesn't make sense for me to know, to put into a place, gain some points and, but not, and then still, I know I'm not going to get it cause I'm new. You know what I mean? Right. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I want, I want to have a tag and I want to extend my season as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for us, the tags that we get, you know, you can do that. And they are, you know, that premium one that you and I have is, is a red of it. Not a lot of people go after it. And that can be an everyday hunt, right? If you're in a position that you can literally hunt that every day because of that drive on the tag. Oh we're yeah. On it's now, not that far from here. Yeah. yeah. The tag we're on now, I leave Friday afternoon or Friday evening after work and I'm hunting every freaking weekend and it's, it's only a couple hour drive. If I get the other tag and this is, you're talking uh, July to September just about. Mm-hmm. And then if I get one of the premium zone tags, what do I get? A three week season and I got to drive seven hours to go up six there hours. to zone or whatever. Yeah, and I got to make that drive. So now I'm taking time off of work. I mean, and then for me, I weigh it against you know, my, my pursuit with elk, with elk right? right? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to have to spend, you know, only a week chasing elk. I want to spend, you know, I want to spend two weeks to a month chasing elk. So this is the weekend gig. And then you follow that up when we get back for elk from elk, we're on the late season tag, which goes from freaking October through the end of December. It's like, wild, isn't dude. it? And yeah. then you add on bear on top of that. Oh, yeah, dude, it's unbelievable. And you don't have to go out and rush anything. You can go out and you can observe the animals and you don't feel a lot of pressure. Um, The observation time on those animals and watching their behavior and, and watching how they're responding to certain things is beyond valuable. You know, as especially uh, any hunter, but especially as a new hunter, if you're mm-hmm. picking up all the nuances of what they're doing, right? And yeah, that, to have that length of a season, 
dude, the entire country is like, dude, I'm so jealous. Except like, yeah. when they see the heat. <laughs> you know, I've had people actually go, F that, that's hot. But I would get after it with you. And I'm like, hell uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, and I don't think it sucks like dude it's it is hard it sucks but there's ways to do it that you can remain comfortable-ish right Right. yeah Um, i can't imagine it can be it can't be like or i can't imagine that that especially 115 whatever the hell it was up there with you guys like that that is sustainable for too long like mm -hmm. it's gonna suck no matter how yeah, what no matter do. what you do. And and re- like like this weekend, it was we actually it stayed cooler longer. So we actually had more time in the morning um, to hunt. The afternoon was it was horrible. Like I said, it was like heat lamp would blow her 109, just like oh, burning your skin. Um, but it was nice to have the extended time in the morning with the, yeah. you know, air quote, moderate heat. Um you know, seeing it, seeing the temperature at 98 degrees at nine o'clock is like a godsend, right? Jeez, and then it's, it's 102 and you're like, dude, it's 102 and it's 1030. Yeah. You feel like you scored. Right. And and Drew and I were talking about that. Dude, we this is the longest morning hunt we've ever been able to do in this area because it's not 109. I think 106 is kind of the cutoff at 106 that's when it's just like okay this this blows this is this is nasty mm-hmm. and when it gets above that the 110 the 116 you know yeah. i've gone to arizona around that time or not around that time i've gone to arizona in the summer when the heat is that bad and i've looked as i drive to arizona right you know when you get like blythe or you know mm-hmm. what's that other one anyway out there and i look at the car temperature not you know whatever the car is reading outside and i'm looking at those mountains and i'm looking at the mount you know once you get into arizona i'm looking at those mountains and i'm thinking to myself i wonder if anyone actually hunts in this weather and then you guys are out here in 112 degrees like jesus yeah, it's a trip, man it's it is i wonder uh, if those area arizona dudes go out with oh that yeah it gets hot because their season starts later yeah i'm not sure exactly when but archery i'm, I'm sure yeah i don't think anybody starts early archery like we do it's uh i don't it's, know you know it's funny it's 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 kind of although we live in california right where kind of hunting is it's funny you you hear all the talk western states hunting you know colorado arizona you know Nevada. Well, yeah you never hear you never hear anyone say anything about california well because it boils down to what you know what the politics and the and and how the media portrays the state and a lot of it is legitimate right sure it's kind of a freak show sure but the and i've said it before the opportunity that we have here is is so underrated that it's phenomenal i mean you look at some of the deer we have if you look at the pig situation mm-hmm. um like you could literally i heard this i don't mean to cut you off no, but i i heard i listened to another uh i think they live in, i don't know what the podcast is called but uh it's a it's uh they're based out of northern california mm-hmm. and this entire the one that i listened to anyway was all about like 
the Big Game Digest. And all they were talking about was how in California that you can literally hunt year, year. round. Yeah. Like, you know, from deer season from July all the way up to January, depending on the kind of tags you get. And then you can hunt pig all year, mm-hmm. right? And then even for those that like um, waterfowl, waterfowl you know, in Turkey, and then you come right back and then, you know, you can do bear mm-hmm. in between. Well, maybe not in between because we don't have a spring bear thing. We have, you know, you hunt bear during deer season here, right? But in any case. You got spring turkey. Spring turkey. And then you got your pig opportunities. And then you got your pig. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's, it, sure, it's not, you know, a screaming elk and, you know, whatever. These huge mule deers and things like that. But, or moose, but it, you know, if you, if your goal is to be out and hunting and hunt, I just think like, I, I don't think that that's something that can be ignored. Mm-mm. No. And, and again, I think it goes to our politics and the way we're portrayed and there's some crazy horseshit, right? Sure. Um, but we have, I mean, look at a zone, look at the opportunity that a zone provides for blacktail. Think about how large that zone is that amount of opportunity i mean look at i think it's california hunting addiction um look at the deer that guys laid down this weekend um on opener i mean the opportunities are phenomenal we're the only state that has tule elk yeah right no place anywhere else in the world has them it's the only i mean it's hard as hell to hunt them um but yeah the opportunity is great man the problem one of the problems is the mismanagement of those things yeah 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 yeah. right um as i'm learning more i'm i'm, I'm understanding the the management part of it yeah right? and the that, and that part is a little bit concerning and disheartening because it's not there's not a lot of solid scientific biologist based rules and regulations that are coming about it's emotionally based fuzzy critter right yeah that's the hard part it's really hard to swallow and here when something gets pulled you don't get it back so but definitely underrated i'm seeing more and more people want to hunt pigs um and get interested in in wanting to come you know and hunt pigs i mean the tag's not that i mean i don't know what's what's the oddest uh the non-resident tag for pig how much does it go for I don't it can't know. it can't be that expensive I don't, I don't think i don't think it is i don't even know it might be 60 bucks yeah something like that yeah, right i don't think it's very it might only be 45 i mean realistically it's an invasive species right um i mean i'm glad to pay for the tag even though it's invasive right it helps our sure our thing here but um i don't think it's more than 60 65 dollars i mean what do we pay for 34 and some change oh, i think it's 23 is it that cheap I, I the last one when the the pig that I shot I paid twenty two and I think it's a little bit more now it's twenty three I think oh, I just I mean I you know you group them together you lose track but um, yeah that's why I don't think the non resident tags are that expensive yeah they're, they're probably not the license be, though would probably get you yeah. though is it I don't even know I don't think the license is that much I no, mean you start like talking a, deer tags I want to say that they're like four hundred bucks or something like that right. But even then, if you look at us in comparison to the states that we go hunt, you know, out of state, we're we're probably on the lower end. And so you start talking, you know, um, elk and but who the hell's going to apply here? You got to have, you know, 
max points 17 and you're going to, you know, with point creep and that whole game, you probably need, you know, 25, you know, it's 17 points plus another eight that are invisible. (laughs) I, I, uh, uh, I actually, um, I did, I did apply for those tags. So I got my first points for bighorn sheep and elk. What about antelope? Think about that. You told, so you gotta be careful with what you say to me because I take a lot of your 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 guidance as like, um, as like what's the what's the expression? So why apply for antelope here and you can go out of state right now and hunt them? That's what you said to right. me, and I was like, well, that makes sense, right? And then with the elk, I mean, that's a great deal, right? Is I would never hunt Rocky Mountain elk in California if I can't. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go up north and hunt a Roosevelt in California if if I'm gonna have those points, I'm gonna hunt the Thule because nowhere I can't go hunt them anywhere else would you do a guided hunt for a Thule hell yes have you seen like if you look at Kika and if you look at uh, Eagle Eye Outfitters um, and the elk that they're laying down in that Central Valley area holy mother of goodness the problem is is it's so damn expensive but dude some of those bulls I've seen some photos. I mean, in the digest, you get some that are on there. You know what I mean? Like those things are monsters. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to show you. Are they bigger bodied? Because you know how they say that. I think. I think they say that. Uh, uh, what is it? Rocky Rosies. Roosevelt's are bigger bodied than Rocky Mountain. Right. But the Rocky Mountain have bigger uh, antlers. Right. How, and where do the Thule fall on the smaller end? Antler wise. Or body, no, body wise. Oh, yeah. okay. Antler wise, there's some studs. I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you some pictures when we're done. Amazing. Like this year looks like it's gonna be knock them out the park year. You know, speaking speaking of elk, and I mean, I don't know if you mind me saying this, but um, uh, the, you know, being it my first year, and you know, us going to Colorado, I think. I, I don't know if you mind me saying that. Okay. Um, in any case, I think that uh, the I feel like there may to some people, and maybe they're right about that. Like uh, in some ways, like I'm super excited. By the way, like I'm I'm a, I've been I've been kind of starting this journey to do that. I never knew that I was, I mean, quite honestly, I always thought it was like a dream. Mm -hmm. And now that we're like actually going, it just seems like I'm looking at your photo now here, right here. Right. And I'm just like, I can't even believe I'm going to see, hopefully see one of those motherfuckers. Like, and I just, (laughs) I don't know, like, um, especially coming from here, Southern California and all that, like, it's just, you you never, you never imagine that you, you know, Especially like I didn't, I had no one, uh, no one bring me up in this. Like I'm kind of, I started this journey kind of on my own, and mm-hmm. fortunately, I've made relationships where I've been able to 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 kind of foster them to 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 allow me to do this the way that I'm doing it now. And like, do you think? It, do you think? I, my question to you, and I'm leading up to a question, is, do you think that that is appropriate in your honest opinion? that that is okay for someone like me to go or should there be like a rite of passage you know what i'm saying i'm sure your listeners have an opinion on this what do you, what okay what do you mean by rite of passage like in what, other words 
I don't have any experience. So what? So what? Right. So what? If you're willing to get out there and work and, you know, enjoy the pursuit. And that's what I was telling you earlier, right? Is your outlook on it and the value that you see in it. There's, there's dudes that, that have to hunt for 10 years to get some of the value that you see in it. Um, why not? Like what, what's the rite of passage? Now we get on the mountain and you're a pansy ass crying about a blister on your toe and you know what I mean? And it's slowing people down you're clunking around and it's loud and you turn out to be pack weight. Oh fuck. You're going to hear about it. Oh yeah. If you're willing to get out and work and put in the, you know what I mean? And let's, you know, learn ahead of time and figure out what we're doing and you know why we're doing this. And when it's time to shut the fuck up and move, it's time to, you know what I mean? Like let's go, you know, it, it, there's no, what, what what's the worst that could happen yeah you know what i mean what's yeah, the yeah. worst that could happen you lay in camp for you know i'm gonna just lay here for a day because i'm fucking hurting boys <laughs> <laughs> well i promise you i i never liked being on the receiving end of like what the hell are you doing right, right now so that ain't gonna be me because <laughs> i've actually dished it out in like my line of work you know if you don't know what the hell you're doing and you're slowing us down like you become like for lack of a better word pack weight yeah. right so like i get that i come from that background where like i have been told that occasionally and i don't like it and i do everything in my power not to be that right. it's like i told you right like i've never i've been i've been taking my physical uh fitness super seriously i mean i after you we had confirmed that i was going to go along with you guys for that reason you know like i don't you know, that's the other, I mean, you hear this from plenty of people. You hear this all the time, right? Or at least I do when I hear like Rogan talk about it. Is that like this like Elmer Fudd kind of like perception of a hunter. I hate to beat this, you know, with a dead stick, but like, geez, man. Like, how is that so wrong? Like that is not, how is it? That is so wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you see a lot of people that do this and like most of them are actually like really fit. Mm -hmm. yeah, There's but... no way that you can be in those mountains, even in the hills that we were at and not be in some sort of shape. You know, well, okay. So there's, there's two sides to that coin, right? Fitness is a great facilitator, right? It is a great facilitator, but I can show you a bunch of dudes right now that kill shit, amazing shit on a, you know, on an elk level, on a deer level, on a regular basis, right? They're filling tags that don't have those level of fitness. They have it here. Oh, I see, I see. And they're just, they're, they just are good as shit at what they do. So there's there's always that dilemma. And yes, it, it's a great facilitator, right? It's good, it's probably gonna take you further. Uh, it's probably gonna make that climb easier. It's probably gonna make the pack out a lot easier. And it's probably safer to a point, right? That's um, kind of how I'm looking at it. Right, but I think it is a great facilitator to the hunt now when you talk about life it's probably best right longevity sure, like that. sure but i think it's a great facilitator do i think it's necessary not by any stretch of the imagination really? um and i in, guess you're i guess you're right and, and it's really a recent if you will phenomenon really that 
that side of the hunting world has blown up like the fitness side of the hunting yeah, world like, I, i'm really gonna say it's a it's it's a fairly recent phenomenon so i mean i guess to you when you hear me say that you're kind of like oh he's on this train I, and and I, no not at all like like to each his own like i don't have no problem with it i'm just i'm just playing the other side of the coin because somebody will hear that and go hey fuck this newbie right like like he doesn't even well, know that's what i'm saying <laughs> and that's what i'm saying by that by when you say that's what i mean and by i want to clarify that right when i said that i mean i've only been doing this one year i've been doing archery and like waiting up to that for four so like that's all i've known right right so when you say this is a new phenomenon mm -hmm. i that's the phenomenon i was right. exposed to right this is how you see the whole thing right right i mean you look back dude you go back and you start looking you know 10 plus years and you're just like oh <laughs> it, it's you know and, and not to say that there aren't those guys that have been beating that for a long time sure but as far as the blow-up goes and it held as and no offense right to anybody i'm not i'm not trying to belittle it right i i agree with it and i get it but where that became a necessity to go kill something I, 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 yeah, it hasn't always been there. Yeah. You know, it hasn't always been there. And like I said, there's guys right now that probably got a pound or two more or 50, <laughs> right? That are just absolute beasts. Yeah. And they go get the shit done. So I, I think it's all, you know, what's your pursuit, right? And if that's your deal, and then you got dudes that are just knucklehead, like you look, you know, I don't know if you know Jeff Moran built for the hunt guy oh yeah yeah, yeah. Right? jeff is like that's jeff's thing i want to go 18 miles and this is this is how i facilitate that right and that's his gig um absolutely nothing wrong with that right i mean that is his deal then i know guys that you know bunch of pounds overweight that are walking out of the woods with crazy ass bulls that have bases the size of coffee cans Sheesh. right um that just have it figured out so it is really, it's really a great facilitator, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that it's absolutely necessary. Sure, But I sure. totally get what you're saying about this is the exposure that I've had to it. Yeah, and that's what I mean by that. You right. know what I mean? Like, again, you're, you're kind of like my uh, in-person kind of like door, so to speak, to what mm -hmm. hunting was because before that before you i just was looking at stuff online and right. then obviously like our friend from the range but that he, that dude's like not really the kind of hunter right that i was in or you know hunting right, in right right so um I, I guess my motivation is also because i don't want to be the one that you're yelling at <laughs> <laughs> and it's not so much yelling i mean i mean it's just like hey let you know quiet down you know the shit together um but it is kind of sometimes it's like, okay, this is the last fucking trip for a while. <laughs> and not to say that, you know, I don't, you know, I make mistakes and I blow shit and I'm loud. And, but yeah, it, it, there's levels. Uh, yeah. There's absolute uh, levels. Yes, right? for and, sure. And I've just, just barely getting into that. Yeah. I, I bet, I bet, I bet some of your listeners are probably like, 
oh man he has so you know i the word i was looking for earlier naive mm. how, how simple of a word and i totally forgot it but what's funny is we're always all of us i in my opinion all of us are ever evolving we're we're constantly changing certain things up right um i mean just the topic of hunting buddies alone you can go I mean, that's a that you want to talk about a rabbit hole because you got personalities that may jive at the range, but don't jive on the drive. Right. And you hit the mountain and it's like worse than the drive. Sure. Right. And then you have it where, you know, you can't you're not going to shoot together so much at the range or shoot a little bit, you know drive separately and you get on the mountain and your best friends on the mountain like two you know what i mean so yeah there's all these variables with personalities and and your pursuit and your expectation of what it should be and how you saw it versus that person's trying to talk about that and figure it out ahead of time is pretty difficult right um you learn a shit ton about people when you're on the mountain with them for days yeah you you really learn a lot by day five you know like yeah fuck this mother. <laughs> yeah it's a trip man well but, i, I want to kind of just say this last thing right just to make clear of it right like i i am in every way trying to learn as much as i can from whoever is willing to teach me as well as learn from all of my experiences um because I, I want to be as ethical as I can be, but I also want to, you know, I, I want to I wanna make sure that I'm doing the right things. And, um, you know, I think everyone should be that way. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I am in no way, shape or form saying that I, I don't know anything. And I will always have that mindset. Like, you know, that mindset of a beginner, always, forever, no matter how many years I hunt, no matter, even other things that I do, right? Like my, you know, what I do for a living, right? Like a live audio engineer. I, I've met people that are just like insanely talented and can and know far more than I do. And it just opens your eyes to like this idea of like, you really don't know anything. And I think once you realize that, like that's, I've always had success and not only, um, career wise but i've always had success in like furthering my knowledge of mm -hmm. things when i go in it with knowing that i don't know anything I, and that's the best honestly it's the, to me it's the best approach right um with relationships too i would say yeah oh hell yeah i mean if you if you close everything off and you're the know-it-all i mean no one likes you <laughs> well not not only that but you know what you don't gain anything right mm -hmm. because you already know everything so what's the point Right. I mean, really, what what is the point? If you know everything and you have nothing to gain from those experiences and the new information and knowledge, then go sit on the couch with a bag of chips and just rot away. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me that that attitude. And I totally get what you're saying, but we won't tangent. Yeah. Well, shit, buddy. All right, man. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, me too. We'll have to uh, recap the seasons when we're uh, when we're holding on to some antlers. Hopefully they're in velvet. That'd be sick, us. dude. Oh, man, that one that we missed. That was a nice one. All right. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.
We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science to help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry. There's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at V2P Nutrition.